what you're doing tonight I wish you could see the gown is called Are you also alone? I'm stealing your dreams Why can't I bring you all to my side? So tell me take to make you see that I am right if I was invisible I could just make you see the light if I was invincible I'd change your mind tonight your heart's so unshakable I can just tell you where I stand Show you I'm the smarter man If I was convincible Wait, I already am Hello and welcome to a spin-off of My Marvelous Year where we're talking through the Invincible series by Robert Kirkman, 2003 comic book series this show is me versus Dave with Charlotte uh, on one of our sides trying to talk each other into either Invincible being literally the best comic of all time, Dave's position, or literally the worst comic of all time, my position. We're going to see where we move. The show is called Convincible. Uh, and normally, uh, this is where I put a little funny joke about each of our names, but we don't have time. This is serious business. We have to get down to it. Lives are at stake. Uh, there's a lot of money on the line uh, for whoever wins. Weekend custody of Charlotte is on the line between me and Dave. We, we also put that up for... <laughs> and, and to be clear, like, Walker. if our opinion at the end of this is anywhere between worst comic of all time mm-hmm, or best mm-hmm. comic of all time, I win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a great... Charlotte coming in to take the, the easy... Yep. Charlotte yep. is playing the field, which is unfortunate because I have Invincible ranked as the 25th best comic of all time mm, on the Comic Book Herald okay. best comics of all time list, right? So I really need to do some work here to to move this puppy up. But this is Convincible. We've been talking about this for years, Zach. It's one of our biggest disagreements about How the many iTunes reviews call out me <laughs> in specifically? It came up a lot on my Ultimate Year for some reason. Uh-huh. A lot of reviews being like, love the show despite Zach's hate for Invincible. For Invincible. And and Invincible has, you know, we are recording this in late 2023. Season two of the Amazon series is about to drop. Um, today, our approach to Convincible is we are going to read around 20 issues per episode. It's going to be an eight-episode special, and then we're done. There's no takebacks. There's no coming back. We're doing eight apps. I'm going to convince Zach it rules, and then we're done. And, uh, and you can read along with us. We'll include the issues we read in the show notes. Basically, we're using like versions of the trade paperbacks. Um, I think the Ultimate Collections or the Compendiums wind up being the most affordable way to read these, and you can just stop. Mm-hmm. So today we're doing issues 1 through 19 and the Image Comics Summer Special, the kickoff of Convincible. This is a comic that I loved when I was getting into comics. Again, I've ranked it as my 25th favorite of all time. I've ranked 981 comics. It is 25th. That is very high. That is very high. Zach thinks it is literally the stinkiest. The <laughs> okay, well, stinkiest here, here let, let's comic. say when, <laughs> when starting this out, because it's been a while since I've read Invincible. I think I read mm-hmm. 30, 40 issues, something like that. Um, maybe 
a year or two before we started My Marvelous Year, something like that. So it's been like five years um, since I read it. And so my expectation is that after all the, the you know, I, the arguments we've had just very mildly talking about this, that maybe I would like come up a little bit. Maybe. Maybe I'd start to see the light a little bit on the mm-hmm. reread. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't think I was going to be completely turned around. And I thought that you, I'm, I still are going to stake this. I still think you're going to go, hmm, I way overrated this. There's a, I don't think there's you're going to come chance. To, Yeah, to no, the, but there's a, the there's a real chance that, that at the end of Convincible, I say, this is no longer a top 100 comic. Like, this, yeah. could, this could move way down, yeah, depending so. on how That's this reread goes. I have not reread Invincible, you know, in a decade, probably, um, since it ended. Charlotte, what's your Invincible history? Are, have you read the series at all? Are you totally new to it? Uh, where do you stand? I think I read the equivalent of what we read for today, so the first four uh, collected volumes, um, like, I think almost 10 years ago, and like, w- like when I was a teenager, like, getting into, into superior comics, so like, when I was, like, about 15, maybe, 14, 15. Yeah. Um, and it, like, I remember liking it, but not, like, getting hooked on it and, like, didn't keep keep reading it. Um, yep. And then I watched the I watched the animated show that came out two years ago now, I think, two or three years ago, um, which I quite liked, but didn't... I think I didn't read the comics after that specifically because I knew... We were. I don't know if I was on MMY yet or not, but either I knew we were going to do it at some point, or you were going to do it at some point, and I wanted to yeah. wait for for the episodes to come out. I think I think idea. many many <laughs> listeners worldwide have been waiting to read. God bless you. Have been waiting to read. Now you have to leave those sneezes in the. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> in I the just, recording I, just I sound super rude because I didn't say anything. <laughs> I put markers on it. Now I have to write in the markers. Don't actually erase that. Yep. <laughs> um, many readers worldwide have been waiting to read this very popular comic purely to be able to play along with us. We are now finally giving you that opportunity to do so in Convincible. So I think that's going to be great. The year was 2003, January 22nd. Invincible number one came out for $2.95. Writer Maybe. Robert Kirkman, Corey Walker, pencils and inks robert kirkman also letters the first 13 issues of invincible it's a real diy do-it-yourself indie comic okay it really is um and i think we have to talk about that as we talk about the early days of it the whole series would go on to run for 15 years until 2018 with issue number 144 the first issue of the walking dead for context for robert kirkman's other big hit was released later that same year on October 8th, 2003, for the same $2.95. So that is the context in which Invincible begins. The first 19 issues will take us about 2003 through 2005. Let's start here. Well, Let's... so wait just a second. I, that, that's interesting. So you think this is probably the success of this is what gave him the juice to like pitch and launch Walking Dead, huh? Uh, I don't know that that would be. I mean, before true. this, like Battle Pope, right? I think that's basically it. That's yeah. So, pri- like, yeah. in terms of so Robert Kirkman at this point, 2023, as we record this, is one of the biggest names in comics. Has had mm-hmm. the most success in the medium in terms of sales, but also it obviously in terms of adaptation. The Walking Dead on AMC was a massive, massive hit. Um, very few comics creators have had the kind of success, crossover success. Mm-hmm. That Kirk, yeah. I mean, you know, the competition is probably like Mark Miller, um, 
obviously the entirety of the Marvel Universe, but that's way less, to, you know, that that is owned by Walt Disney. Um, I, who else? What other creators have, I mean, Daniel Klaus had some success with Ghost World, but that's a, that's a pretty much smaller Yeah, I mean, you know, little TV series here and there, but he's got three huge hits of series that I'm sure, you know, since he owns yeah. this, I'm sure he's getting a good cut out of all of it, which, you know, good for him. And, he, and he's involved in the television as well. Yeah. Who'd you say? Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman, thank you. That yes, yes, sure. exactly. But like that's that's kind of where Kirkman's at now. When yeah. Invincible comes out, his first big published work in, was published in two thousand, a comic called Battle Pope, um, which is about a battling pope. <laughs> it, so was with, so it was with it was with his Walking Dead co-creator Terry Moore or Tony Moore rather, um, and and then he had also done a Super Patriot, which is a superhero book about you know kind of a Captain America analog that he does with Cory Walker, that is a character that will recur throughout Invincible. It's one of the kind of semi-interesting, not main focuses of Invincible, but there are a lot of, like, older Kirkman projects or just things that he likes, you know, that he will just kind of weave in without explanation. You know, the assumption is that, like, you know who Super Patriot is, even though for a lot of Invincible readers, especially now, they're going to be like, I'm what? No, I'm not reading Super that's, Patriot that's before I read Invincible. Guy, right? Huh? That's the cable-looking guy? From yeah, he's like a cable-looking yeah, Captain okay. America. He's married to a young, younger woman. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of kind of his deal. Um, but yeah, so like not a huge name by any measure, right? Some indie, some small success, but hadn't published a heck of a lot, um, at least, you know, through image and, and things that would have kind of been recorded and reported on. And, uh, and now certainly is in a very different place. So we're going to talk about the trajectory of Invincible and kind of when it becomes massive or does it become massive i guess is the other thing because i the one thing i do want to talk about and we'll talk about the content of course but the best-selling comics in 2003 were jim lee and jeff Loeb on batman hush jla avengers the launch of ultimate fantastic four and then you have things like um, marvel 1602 speaking of neil gaiman you have a superman batman number one amazing spider-man number 500 the best non-big two single issue was Transformers Generation 1. <laughs> cool. cool, cool. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm not going to bother to look. By 2004, though, Walking Dead is already a top 10 best-selling trade of the year. Invincible is not inside the top 100. So Walking Dead is a comics hit much faster and to a much greater degree than Invincible. Um, and uh, by 2005, Invincible is sneaking inside the top 100 best-selling trades of the year with its fifth volume, is the 98th best-selling trade of the year. So the the burn for Invincible is much slower. And I think that's actually, it, sales don't always reflect quality, but in this case, I do think that does kind of reflect the build of this comic as well. Hmm. Both of you have mentioned so far something that I think is a great, is a boon to my argument, which is you haven't finished the series. And Invincible is kind of a slow burn in a lot of ways despite the fact that it launches with a very memorable opening arc so i want all of us to keep that in mind throughout this eight episode convincible series is my argument will only get stronger as we go mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just it's going to build and build on itself and really kind of dominate by the time we get to the end um but in these first 19 issues are the, is there any other backdrop that both of you want to talk about before well, the, we get to, you know, the crux the content, of the story? Yeah. Well, the, I think the image thing is interesting because I think Kirkman with Invincible and Walking Dead are right there at the forefront of image changing its per, like the public's perception of image. 
Right, when you think about Image Comics yeah. now, you don't think about Jim Lee and Liefeld and, like, you know, whatever the... Wildcats? Is that an image? They, all, the 90s image stuff. Like that's Savage that's Dragon. And, yeah. But anyway, like, that kind of... That, that 90s crew of the guys who started it, right? The McFarlane, the Lee, the Liefeld stuff. Um, which I think, like, the big bombastic, you know, this isn't your daddy's Marvel kind of vibe that they had going in the 90s and now if you look at image it's like the place for like really interesting uh bold takes on all kinds of genres or non-genre work like kind of serious stuff it doesn't do quite as like um you know literary as like fantagraphics but it's definitely like the place for a lot of you know high budget big swings um you know like studio stuff but you know creator owned uh, like interesting creative choices so like and I think a lot of people still, like, I've still run into people who are like, Image Comics, that stuff sucks, because they're just thinking of, like, you know, and no offense to Savage Dragon, I haven't read it, but, like, Savage Dragon, Spawn, whatever, like, that era. I, I think Savage Dragon's actually a, closer to a predecessor to Invincible, and Kirkman actually has great fondness yeah. Yeah, yeah, for the Eric it's, Larson it's, work. Like, Savage Dragon shows up in these yeah, books. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think you're you're more talking about, yes, the McFarlane, Liefeld, Lee, Young. Sure, I, I don't really know the, the history of it that well, but I do know, like, Walking Dead is kind of the first huge hit that they had, I think, that was, like, outside of their superhero stuff, right? And I think Kirkman's right there at the beginning of, like... You know, uh, image I mean, changing its its uh, yeah. like brand identity a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a reason why he's like he's the like there are five COOs of of image, and he's the only one who's not one of the of the fathers, like mm-hmm. one of mm-hmm. the founding guys. Like that yeah. was like Lee Leifold, uh, MacFarlane, and I don't remember Larson. Silvestri maybe? probably Mark Silvestri. Silvestri maybe, uh, but like he's the only one who's like came in later, like more than ten years later with uh, yeah. with Invincible and Walking Dead. Yeah, so I think that's another notch in my argument, and another win for Dave is oh, I think it's Walking of, Dead. Is, the success of Invincible is so strong that even Todd McFarlane was wowed. So that that's pretty cool. Even I even also, the hard to please Rob Liefeld was impressed. <laughs> I, I also want to give the context of you are not alone in putting this in the. I mean, a lot of people put this in the top ten comics of all time. I see it consistently if you look yeah, at yeah. like. I mean, not to say that Reddit is everyone, but if you ever look on, you know, what are your favorite comic series of all times? Invincible will be all over those threads. If you look at, you know, listicles, Invincible's going to be in top 10 lists over and over and over again. It's mm-hmm. extremely, like, popular, or at least, I don't know, popular, but, like, beloved by people. So that's some context to it. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's jump. I, I think there's kind of two camps. I do want to talk about that, actually, before yeah. we talk about the content, which is there's kind of two camps right now. And both exist in my head, and it's very confusing. Um, But the first is just comics that large swaths of fandom adore. Invincible is very popular in that crew. So for me to rank it highly is not perceived as weird. (laughs) No, I'm I'm the outlier for thinking Um, it's like saying it's. And certainly that's been our experience. Yeah, yeah. In feedback, as you said at the beginning there, where it's more people are like, it's so weird that Zach thinks Invincible is terrible, right? The second camp that is the one that I unfortunately find myself more and more aligned to these days is the real highfalutin literary um, pushing for innovative and experimental comics camp, right? Where Invincible would be perceived by this camp who loves things like 
Franco-Belgian comics you've never heard of if you live in the States. Sorry, Charlotte. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fantagraphics, but only the, the, the ones that you haven't read yet, right? Like, the, we're talking the real, the real hipster critic scene, you know? Uh-huh. Um, Invincible is seen as superhero pulp not worth the paper it's printed on, right? So I think there's there are kind of two, two – the context – in which we are considering, when I say 25th best comic of all time, it is very important, I think, to lay out at the front that you it is only going to be valuable, and I value it as a superhero comic playing within that tradition and assuming that that tradition has merit and assuming that that tradition sure. is, yeah. is a mm-hmm. mythology and a genre and, and a style of storytelling that I quite, that has meant a lot to me. And means a lot to a lot of readers. If we're stacking it up against the likes of Mouse, right, or or um, my favorite thing is Monsters, and these sorts of like really intellectual comic, like Invincible does stuff. not. Yeah, yeah. yeah Invi- In- Invincible never plays on that level. It does not try to. And I, for me, one of the I think one of the best things I've learned about criticism is you're you're evaluating and you're considering what are the goals of the work. What is it trying to do? Invincible yeah. is never trying to play on that level. Um, so that is not a thing that I am going to be holding against it, that it, it does not hold uh, its water with, you know, Daniel Klaus' Ghost World, right? Like, that's not the level I'm going yeah, to Yeah, no, I mean, on. just to make sure that you're not setting me up on that side, neither am I, of course, right? Like, I don't read a Jack Kirby, Stan Lee comic expecting it to, you know, be like Alan Moore on the level of, you know, how it, like, reflects the real world and its thoughts about this, right? Like... Yeah, this is a superhero comic. It's trying just to be, like, a fun superhero comic, you know, comparing to other... I mean, my comparison point to this is what is it trying to do in comparison to Marvel and DC? Yeah. Like, what is it doing against the legacy of those universes, right? Because, I mean, it wears those influences and those references on its sleeve, like, extremely, extremely out in the open, right? So, like... I think that's the fair context to put it in is like, what do, what does this bring to superhero comics that Marvel and DC is not doing already? Yes. But, right. yeah. yeah, but I mean, that's the thing, though, is that people who rank it to say it's like one of the best comics ever say it like comics in general, not just superhero comics. And maybe that's yeah, just because agree, people but, who know. read mostly superhero comics. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. That's, I think, that's I think that's the, the bias that's with. built into it. Yeah. Because like, yeah, I mean. <laughs> Just kind of a question, I mean, a question that I ask more Zach, because Dave, I know you've read the entirety of this, is like, why do you think, not having read the entirety of it, why do you think it's so popular? Because to me, not having only read like the beginning and seen the show, I think mm. it's popular because it's way easy to enter. Like for people who are interested in superhero comics or superhero stuff in general, it's the most easy thing to start reading. Um, and it seems easy as well, because even if there are like good easy entries into Marvel, like it does still seem incredibly difficult because of you're not starting pages. at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think that's a big part of it, and I think I would guess the other part is like if it's able to maintain that level of like roller coaster fun, you know, not to go all of old school easy on this, but like you know, it's like it's, it's fast not, food, right? It's yeah, roller coasters. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the kind of entertainment it is, and I think like it's yeah. great on that level. Um, or it can be great on that level. Like that doesn't mean it's lessening it at all. But I think I think that's the level. That's that's the place it's successful, and that's probably why people like it so much. I would guess. The, 
It's the exact same reason. I, I think it is popular for the same reason Ultimate Spider-Man is popular. I think yeah, like that's the Venn diagram between the fan comparable. bases are, yes. you know, it's a circle. So, um, yeah, I think that you're totally right. Well, I think for me, my perception of it is that it's a combination of that. A superhero universe you can just jump into right from the beginning. Uh, two, that it is a actual story that changes and doesn't have the Marvel and DC restrictions of... You know, like, this has to run in perpetuity, so we can't fundamentally alter the stories. Yeah. I think people really respond to that. I kind of think overvalue that in this. But, um, and then three, I think it's because of the perception of trope bashing and, like, turning the tropes on their heads with some of the, like, twisty stuff we're going to get into. And just FYI, we're going to spoil this comic, so if you haven't read it, Go read it because there's a big, there is a big twist in this comic. It's the thing that you know the first arc is really notable for. And to um, be clear, we will only we will only spoil the issues we're reading at a time. Yeah, because okay, Charlotte because Zach and Charlotte have not necessarily them. read ahead yeah. to do that. Um, but we, you know, within the first nineteen issues, we will do. Yeah, that. I'm really curious, like who doesn't know the twist at this point? Right, like it feels like oh, I think Darth a lot Vader, of people. I am your father. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I I do want to. So I'm glad you said that because. I, one rule I'm going to put down here is no talking about the show yet. Okay, I haven't seen sure. It, so. In in any specificity, because here here I'm just I'll just say it now. Our homework for episode two is to watch the Amazon Prime series, and we're gonna the we're gonna series? consider. The, we have to watch it again. Okay, <laughs> Charlotte, if you've seen it, that's fine. I'll I will. I thought you'd seen that. it too. I thought I I didn't think I, I watched the first episode, and then I just I just never went back. Oh, okay, um, not for any. A special reason, I, but yes, we have to watch the Amazon series. That's our homework in addition to our reading. Zach, listen, Convincible is going to be hard. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be right. really hard on both of us. Okay, well, I'm um, actually I'm looking at the like episode list, and I was like, I was assuming that the first season was going to be like not even cover what we did yet. Um, I think it's pretty similar. I think it's actually. exactly what we did today. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it moves yeah. at an okay clip. All right, that was my yeah. concern. But that's but that's part of what I want to talk about for episode two. We're going to take a, a little different track as we kind of move through this and not just be... T- so today's kind of just all over the place. What are our expectations? Hmm. What's the context? And then we'll talk about the, the one big opening hook, right? As well as these mm-hmm. first 19 issues. Yeah. But as we move forward, I do want to kind of consider some additional areas. The second episode, we're going to talk about the TV show in a little more detail. Um, but the reason I bring it up is is to tie into your point, Charlotte, which is... I think a lot of people watching the show were very surprised. So now that the show exists, I think like being like, okay, between that and the comic, who doesn't know? Um, I, I would guess there's still a lot of people, frankly, who have sure. not. But I think you know, mostly people who out. are like outside comic circles, right? Like if you're just well, getting yeah, of into course. comics. Like Rose doesn't know what the yeah, twist is because sure. she barely knows what Invincible is. Yeah. Here's but the if, thing. A lot of people from... didn't know who Travis Kelsey was before he started dating Taylor Swift. Who and he's one of the greatest that? tight ends of all time. So I think Charlotte, that is... Charlotte, Charlotte. Is Travis yeah. Kelsey? Mm-hmm. How dare you? I don't know. How very is. dare you? I know who the Taylor Swift is. It's like Travis everyone <laughs> pretends that Travis Kelsey's put on the map by Taylor Kelsey. Swift, but like he was It's, it's a good gag. It's yeah. a good bit. Yeah. Like, are you, are you, did you just invent <laughs> someone? Yes, <laughs> Charlotte. No. I think I'm. I think I'm bringing a TikTok trend to you. So I'd also. So this in addition, over over again in Charlotte. addition to Convincible going very well yeah, for me totally. already, I would like to notch a young a Zoomer win for Dave over. This Charlotte. happens every time we do this. <laughs> we bring. I bring like you know 
skibbity toilet or npc streams or some other thing of the week and charlotte's like are you having a stroke <laughs> it happens very regularly I mean, i'm on like 20 year old tiktok i feel like you're on 15 year old tiktok <laughs> <laughs> wait 15 or 50 15 oh yeah i actually kind of i think i know what you mean <laughs> speaking of yeah. 15 year olds let's talk about the opening yeah. of invincible the yeah. basic premise of invincible is very good. What if Spider-Man or Dick Grayson was in the Superman family? You get your high school teenage superhero, but his dad is Superman. Within three issues, we have Mark, Omni-Man, the teen heroes of Robot, Adam Eve, Duplicate, Rexplode, Alan the Alien. It's a very quickly established superhero universe. One of the grand challenges, I think, in comics is to create an analog superhero universe that reflects the things that have come before it, namely at Marvel and DC, but that also can kind of stand on its own two feet. And I think that's going to be one of the key things to evaluate. You know, as we're talking about, okay, you're ranking this, but you're ranking it in superhero terms. One thing to consider is like, what are other analog superhero universes that, that achieve a similar sort of thing? How many even are there, right? It's, it's not as easy as it sounds to create an incredibly accessible, you know, reflection of Marvel and DC, but with a few steps removed, and that does it well. But yeah, the basic premise here is, like, there's a reason it's so accessible, and it's because you already know half the story. What Kirkman and Walker's challenge here at the outset is, is to say, okay, you think you know this story, but here are the ways that we're going to kind of flip that on its head a little bit, right? But I would say I really enjoyed revisiting and seeing these seeming one-offs or gags and remembering how big they become down the road, very little is wasted in Invincible. Um, there's a real Silver Age, Stan Steve Jack energy to Kirkman and Walker's cutting away to individual pages that seem superfluous but are actually laying groundwork for things that are to come and that will continue to build over time. It's kind of a superhero style of storytelling that I think the modern era moved away from in a lot of ways. And again, I think it points to the accessibility and the, the ease, but also kind of the, the cleverness and the planning of what they're doing, where it's like, why are we cutting away to this weird alien guy? And then it's like, oh, because that's going to play a role down the road um, and, and dividends will pay off. There's very little that is wasted, uh, and it's surprising to me. So... Zach, Charlotte, what did you both think of of the premise of Invincible and kind of the ways that it opens? Charlotte, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. I'm I'm curious what you mean by flipping stuff on its head because it mm-hmm. it is very straightforward to me in in a lot of ways. Um, I I mean I I think the I like that it's hard to okay. Can we talk about the twists already or do no we want to no for let's, later? Let's, yeah let's okay. let's talk because it, it spends 10 issues before it gets to that. the comic was out for a year and it doesn't even really hint at that until that much yeah it happens I feel like in, it happens in issue 12 in, yeah yeah i think so because like, i read it in like whole volumes it felt like very little time yeah um but it goes m- for a while in like well yeah. it's va- issue issue seven is the beginning of the twist yeah yeah okay yeah yeah but sure, it is there is a a surprising I, I, patience yeah. To it, yeah, yeah. because for six issues, it is playing pretty straight the idea of Mark Grayson 
is getting his superhero powers. His dad is a very direct Superman analog, and it's about a teenager learning to become Superman. So, I mean, for six issues, it is very, it is playing it very, very by the numbers and standard. Yeah. Um, and for, if you were reading this for simple. half a year thinking, oh, this is kind of just a really simple superhero story, uh, yeah. I think that's, that is something to consider because it isn't until issue seven where it's like, oh, Okay, maybe we're doing something different here. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, okay, I, so that's yeah. interesting. So, like, to avoid talking about the the twist, then uh, I think, yeah, I think that's something that I didn't realize is how much my view of those first few issues is like is like uh, guided by the fact that I know what's coming next. Um, so I have like a patience that maybe I wouldn't necessarily have otherwise. Yeah. yeah. Because I think those first few, I don't think the first few issues before the twist are bad. But I don't think they they're good enough for me to have kept reading. If like it's if this very... came out today, if this yeah. came out today, right? How how many of us are making it past issue three? I, I think yeah. it's a zero. Yeah. <laughs> I do. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because it's, it's, it's like very very straightforward. It's very it's very like, simple and straightforward. The it's almost like aren't... written by an AI that you plug in. Like stop it. <laughs> takes I don't all think the stop it. Because I no, think but there I, is I, like. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I just think it's the most, like, kind of simplified all the edges. It, th- this is something I'm going to return to over and over again, is being like, okay, well, this is doing its own version of the Justice League. It's doing its own version of being a teen superhero. It's doing its own version of evil mm-hmm. Superman, whatever. Mm-hmm. And what is it doing that Marvel and DC didn't do? And I almost never come up with anything, because almost always it feels like it's being like, Oh, look at this. I've got my own Justice League. And I'm like, yeah, you have your own Justice League that's just like the other Justice League. There's no twist here. There's no subversion. There's no addition. And DC themselves will often subvert it in more interesting ways. So, like, they'll make jokes. He does a lot of jokes that poke fun at, like, the tropes of superheroes. But I'm like, these are jokes that Marvel themselves have been making since the 60s. So, like, that that's one of the biggest kind of things that downgrades this comic for me is that I think... The actual, like, reflection of superhero stuff. Like, it feels like he's trying to, you know, make fun of slash, yeah, subvert stuff. But at the same time, I feel... so, like, for example, one of the most tired jokes in this comic that it just runs into the ground is the, like, something big and superheroic happens at home. And then Mark's mother goes, that's nice, dear. Pass the potatoes. Like... And, and he uses it at the expense of the character stuff. The first issue, Mark is like, I think, you know, he's like, I threw a trash bag into the stratosphere. I think I'm developing powers. And she literally is like, that's nice. Please pass the potatoes. And I'm like, that's not, I get the joke. The joke is the like, you know, dissonance between this big superheroic thing and the like mundane everyday life of like a superhero wife who's just used to this stuff. But like your son just got powers it's a big deal whether or not you're used to superhero powers. So, like, he undercuts the character stuff with that joke. But even later, when he does it again, the second, and the third time he makes that joke, it will be like, you know, Dad got pulled into a portal and is being held slave by an alien race. And she goes, oh, all right, more pork chops for us. I've just, I've seen that before, right? Like, Marvel does that stuff all the time, right? There are superhero wives in Marvel and DC. Yeah. And they do the same gag. So, like... I just could not find anything except maybe the big twist, maybe, and we can talk about it at length, that really, like, push this into something where I'm like, okay, this is doing something really fresh with superheroes. 
I think it's especially guilty of what you're talking about towards the beginning. But I do think, I don't know, I think there's, I have the expectation that it's gonna get better. Because I do think it does get better. After, like, it starts off as, like, yeah, just that joke without any, like... It certainly moves away from that. Yeah. It moves away from that, like, even before the twist, like, when, when Omni-Man gets abducted into, like, a different dimension for, for a few days, she's like, at first she says that, but, like, after a few days, she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm actually worried. Like, I am worried every time he doesn't come back, but I just kind of play it off. Like, there is something kind of deeper there that it feels like it gets away from... I know the what you're describing feels very much like getting introduced to the world. And I don't think it's great, but I, it, I think it feels like getting introduced to the world and how it works. Not necessarily like that's how it's going to work every time. It happens uh, again oh, in the fifth issue, though. Like after that, it's still, like yeah. that same joke happens another time. So he does keep I, I, returning I think to that well. You're, you're yeah. saying it's a, a bug. I actually think it's a feature. I think it's, it's a good thing that the book has no big secret in the early days. There's no... We're learning my family has superpowers and my dad's been hiding it, which which is the trope, actually. Um, you know, when you say Marvel and DC have been doing this, not really. <laughs> I, I like I kind of know what you mean, but I kind of don't. It's it's treated very commonplace and expected in a way that is it's flippant, yes, um, but it is also like like if Spider Man got trapped in another dimension there would be soap operatic drama from Mary Jane's perspective. It would sure, not just yeah. be, oh, Aunt May, please pass the potatoes. Like, that's that's actually not at all how these books would typically handle those situations. I mean, Lois Lane, though, might do that, right? Like, I think Lois and Superman, I think we've seen some of that. Where Lois she... would be <clears throat> losing her mind. No, I <laughs> like, I know what you mean, <laughs> but I, I actually, it's intentionally flippant, and I think it's flippant with a purpose. I think it's flippant because Kirkman and Walker they do have a real economy of storytelling nailed down through the first seven issues. Things move incredibly fast. So, you know, when Charlotte's talking about, I don't know that we'd really keep going with this if you don't have that expectation of knowing something big is coming, that it's kind of, it's true and I agree, but it's also like, yeah, but it's so easy just to move through kind of the simple, very, and I know sim like it's simplicity, but it's the very simple charms of yeah. Teenage Superman. You know, and it's it's walking you through that at a pace where it's like it's very easy to get to issue seven. Yeah. You know, at least but in a now it's all been collected phase. Right. I, if you're buying yeah. this originally, yeah. I don't know. They would have felt like <clears throat> it. Yeah, that's that's the other side of the coin to me, because even though like like I, I do think it's still true what I'm saying. of like, yeah, those first few issues wouldn't be enough. If I didn't know what comes next. But like there's. They're still very good at at scratching that superhero 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 itch that I can have, but like, but that like classic Marvel or DC comics, yeah, like are harder because they're more messy, right? They're messy. They're tied into continuity. It's like it's you can't just pick up one comic and like just read that with Marvel. It's way more complicated. Uh, even including because of well, editorial stuff, like just... it depends on when you're reading. Right? I mean, like I kept coming back to the Ditko Spider-Man era with this because yeah. he keeps making yeah. the like mm -hmm. he it mines so much comedy. This comic keeps returning to the comedy well, and it does a lot of jokes. We should talk about that in general, but like it does a lot of jokes about like you know in the afternoon he's punching an intergalactic threat, but at night he's got to do his homework. And I'm like, yeah. Stan Lee did this a lot. <laughs> like this is not like it will. That will be the punchline for the end of the sure. issue is that he had a big 
you know, some big, huge intergalactic threat. But then he's got to go flip burgers. But oh, I don't yeah. think it's actually like, getting tension from that that much. It's, it's not getting tension. It's getting jokes, right? Yeah. yeah. But it's like, yeah, Spider-Man has been doing this forever. This is not like a new. Well, it's not. It's not new. I mean, I don't think it's. It's not claiming newness in these what early it, days, and that's kind of what I'm saying when I'm talking about the challenges of creating a superhero analog universe. You're doing a lot of reference baseball, right? You're doing a lot of homage. Um, this is true of like Jeff Lemire and Dean Ormston on Black Hammer, right? Um, these are books that say, here's a thing that you love. Here's a, here's a version of that that you are going to recognize immediately because that is going to save us several pages of storytelling. Yeah, use shorthand. Yeah. We are, right. Yes, it's shorthand. You already know this genre. You already know these tropes. You already know your Stan Steve, uh, John, Spider-Man. Here it is through a different lens. And if, it, if if this comic was simply what if Silver Age Spider-Man but Superman powers, <laughs> you know, then it's like, okay, this has nothing going for it. I think it, I do think it's it quite more built different. out than that. Like, just the presence of Omni-Man who can just be like, hey, man, quit your job. It's fine. You can just be a superhero. Like, that's that's something you don't have in, in Marvel or in DC. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something you don't have with Superman. With yeah, Spider-Man. but it's, like, exciting to you. Like, you read that and you're just like, oh, wow. Like, this really gets at something. The way that, like... Barbalian, mm. like Barbalian yeah. being like a closeted gay man in Black Hammer, or the God, what's her name? The the little girl who's like not a little girl, who's this older yeah. woman trapped not, in that not body. Mary Marvel, right? Yeah, like Golden those Gale. immediately present, yeah. yeah, like big interesting ideas where you're like, ooh, that's a meaty idea that you can chew on, and the characters are there to back it up. I, I feel know, like, like it's more Omni Man being. It's not necessarily that it's like, oh, that's a good thing. Or like, that's an interesting new thing. It's more like, oh, it's avoiding a trapping of the genre. Like, sure, it's just yeah. avoiding something annoying rather than, like, doing a new good thing. But I do think that's still, like, noteworthy because it's, like, <laughs> it's super stuff that happens all the yeah, time. Yeah, I, I actually, I do. You know what? Now that I think about it, I do kind of like how that reflects on, like, Omni-Man's point of view yeah. about, like, how him and his son fit into the universe, right? Yeah. Like, the idea that they would have to work a menial job. It's, uh, it's kind of absurd. I would say I think the part of the comic where I feel the most that like uh, like annoying classic superhero stuff that's not twisted in any way at least yet is like the girlfriend stuff and like romantic tension which is like it's just the exact same thing that it is in, in classic superhero yeah. stuff with his girlfriend not knowing who he yeah. is and living and like that's just classic Spider-Man stuff and it doesn't feel renewed here in any way it's just like and it goes for a while like we, we're, we're on like while, issue yeah. like five of him running away <laughs> with with a beeper and her being like, Mark, where are you going? Yeah. And it's like the fifth issue where that keeps happening. But yeah, like, I, I mean, I think one thing yeah, to yeah. one thing to highlight with that, because I think you're both right, that the girl, if you're just looking at sort of Mark's relationship issues and the drama of needing to get away, but your girlfriend thinks you're a creep because you left a dangerous situation is, I mean, good grief is that played out, right? That's, we've yeah. seen that a million times with early Spider-Man, with early Superman, etc. Um, this comic we're going to talk about the twist. We're, you know, and it's it gets so the twists are big. I guess is the thing, right? The jaunt, the the trope explosion stuff is big, and it's well, usually one. kind of there's one of them, right? Is there more? Well, in this twists? in this in this phase, but I'm saying as it progresses, there's going to be a lot okay. more. Okay. Um, but you, it's it's usually kind of a slow build, and then big trope explosion, as opposed to I think one mistake that that kind of happens with it because it becomes known for a twist is this idea that it is like. 
exploding all superhero conventions. It is not. <laughs> it the comic kind of presents itself like that, though. To be fair, that is not like I'm not bringing that from outside perspective. Like it invites that by making the comparison itself and then just kind of doing Flash, but with a different name and costume. Right. But like, it, I, I can't. I, but, not, but those characters are not that, the point. I can't disagree without talking about the twist. <laughs> yeah, well, no, we'll get to it no, with no, Guardians I... of the Globe. Like, let's let's yeah. save the Guardians of the Globe stuff because yeah. I, I do think that ties into the twist heavily. I mean, the one thing I want to say with all this is if I just read if I just read these issues today, the first six here before we get to a twist, I would not mm-hmm. be thinking, yeah, best comic of all time. Not even sure. close, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. As comparisons go, I think you're 100 right, Zach. That like you could very much stack this up against the best of Marvel's Ultimate Universe and very comparable, right? Just easy, accessible mm-hmm. superhero yeah. entry points. Just, just open arms, saying, "Come and on I, in, enjoy superhero comics." I, I do think even... one of the differences, a key difference, yeah. between Invincible and the Ultimate line, especially Ultimate Spider-Man, and I think Kirkman is is most close here to Brian Michael Bendis in terms of writing style, in terms of wordiness, <laughs> like everything. Um, one of the key differences is Invincible is a lot less tedious than Ultimate Spider-Man. Ultimate Spider-Man is aggressively decompressed. (laughs) And sometimes that's appealing. Often it's not. One thing I love about Invincible is it moves at a clip. It is doing multiple stories per issue, whether that's we're new and we have to get somewhere, you know, whereas Ultimate Spider-Man has more breathing room, that's fine. Um, But I actually do prefer that pacing and cadence Whereas Ultimate Spider-Man became very tedious, where it's like, Do you, once a story starts, it's like, yeah. oh, okay, well, we have to sit with this for six issues, because that is the designated trade length. Invincible doesn't have that problem. Charlotte, do you feel what he's saying? Because to me, they feel it, this does not feel like it's moving. Like, I wonder if you're kind of bringing where the comic ro- rolls later. No, I, I do kind this. of agree. I think part of it is also that this is, like, Ultimate Spider-Man is only... Spidey, right? You yeah, this like... cuts around to different little stories. Yeah, and it is. I think it is very good at b- balancing being about Mark and about like the wider superhero world, and like I do think that allows it the I don't know a rhythm of not being, not always sticking to being only about Mark. Like it changes in the type of adventures, the type of uh, of antagonist, the type of of like like who we're focusing on. Um, Whereas I do think uh, Ultimate Spider-Man spends like, like you can take issue one and issue ten and, and issue twenty-five of uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, and they're gonna feel like very similar issues. I think. Well, I don't think that's as true for Invincible. I do think it moves forward quite a bit more, and like it yeah, feels yeah, like yeah. it changes more. I I agree with. I mean, all the little like side stories I think are definitely additive. Yeah. I and but I also like spending time with Peter Parker more than I do with Mark here so like that mug doesn't feel as defined and original i guess he does still feel quite but that that thing about the the, like novelty and the variety of stories you get with this that's true but i also don't feel like i i'm not that interested in the like places it goes because it all is so simple uh so like the he has to go to atlantis to marry the fish queen he has to go to mars to protect some astronauts neither of those i'm like ah oh, what a, that was a great story like that one really got into some like yeah it's all just a little simple it's all just yeah. a little straightforward and like the the thing the other thing about this is kirkman this is definitely trying to be a funny comic a lot of the time uh and i find it exceedingly 
unfunny. <laughs> I don't find it doesn't irritate me. I'm not angry at this. Like I get angry at Bendis sometimes, but like I think I can think of one joke where I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. That's kind of clever. And it's the um the trash bag thing where he chucks a trash bag because he's pissed. Oh no, when he first learns he has his powers. He's at his job and he throws a trash bag into the sky. And then the patience of this is really the good yeah. part. It's like two to three issues later, there's just a one page of that bag landing like in front of someone in London. Uh, and the guy's like, what the hell? And that trash bag having it's a good, it's a a good story yeah. across dozens of issues is is kind of what I'm talking about, about but, nothing being wasted. Yeah. Sure. It is yeah, a, it is a weird a choice, like, but it is also like... I really appreciate that. I wonder I mean, if he's... Do you think Kirkman's like a planner or do you think Kirkman's just good at reevaluating old stuff and being like, oh, what if I brought that back? What if I weave that back in? I, like I leaving would, himself groundwork yeah, for stuff. Yeah, I would say more of the latter. I, I yeah. think it's, it's, how it's it leaving yourself yeah. surprises and then figuring it out. I mean, like we could... Certainly someone could ask and probably has asked. You know, I don't think it's a... He has the, the, the whiteboard you know, with all mm-hmm. the charts yeah. and all, you know, the Jonathan Hickman reputation of like everything is planned out kind of thing. I, I actually don't think many comics creators work in that vein, at least that I've ever spoken to or yeah, or sure. heard of. Yeah. Um, but I think, I do think that's a real skill set. I mean, I think if we're just talking, let, let me talk the simplicity first and then we can talk about the humor. I think one of the big questions through 19 issues is does Invincible have the juice beyond the twist? Right? Does it does it really have anything going for it? And Zach, you're kind of saying each of these individual things are like, you know, not necessarily that exciting. I do enjoy how Kirkman, Walker, and then Otley comes in after the first what is it, seven issues? Um, when does Ryan Otley come in? Uh, I think it's yeah, eight, I think it's seven eight. or eight. Yeah, yeah. Um, they they're working a ton of angles, giving that Silver Age sense that this is planned for years in the making. You know, and I think, yeah. Charlotte, when you're talking about, like, well, I know a twist is coming, so maybe I'm just hanging on. I do yeah. think the comic's actually quite good on its own terms in terms of being, like, we're going to do this for a while. Um, we're going to be here. We're going to be following like through it on things. It never feels tiring. It's, it's never, never tiring. To read this. Yeah. And it, I mean, just well, all the except for once are... in a while, he does turn a page, and it's someone explaining to you everything about, like, the, you know, the world in which he found himself. Some, you know, a Martian or an Atlantean or something. And it will just be, like... And here's five paragraphs, and it is sure. I but that, that's, yeah. that's few and far between. Yeah, that's it's also true. very I, early two thousands writing yeah. style. Bendis, yeah. Kevin Smith. Yeah, I mean, Bendis. Is, it is. It is the in most vogue. like Bendis he gets. I would agree that the, the like individual like Atlantis adventure and that kind of stuff were like felt like a one off episode from like an animated show for kids that's not that great, but like yeah. with sex yeah. jokes inserted in. Um, God, oh, sorry though that that fish queen. Had <laughs> the it was kind of funny, boobs. but yeah. Oh my god! Did, did you see how big her boobs are? Yes, I did. And she's see. a fish. Yeah, how cool she is. is that? She's not supposed to. Have, she's not a mammal. She's not supposed to have boobs. I know that, but that's what makes it. Like, I think that fish issue that makes was it better so than um. What's the What's the movie that did really well with the fish sex? That like won an Oscar. Uh, Shape of Water. Oh, Shape Definitely. of Water. It was better than Shape of Water for sure. I was yeah. thinking Shark Shark Tales. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, as far as the comedy goes, Zach, we. I mean, I agree. I mean, if if I was evaluating this as it, you know what though, it's like it's kind of the same thing in terms of Silver Age homage and kind of that Stan Lee inspired dialogue. Like like Stanley Spider Man's not actually funny. 
No, it is. What you know, are you about? I laughed all the time when we read that. Like, there's tons of funny stuff in that. There, are, there are occasional moments, but it's not like it's not like a good humor book. It is more. But he's about not trying the style often. and like... the charm, <clears throat> and it it evokes a tone. I think more than anything. I think one of the wild things about Invincible is it's actually incredibly family friendly. <laughs> like, it's actually very sanitized. Um. With the exception of the way the violence escalates, it's it's very then, superhero you, in that I regard. I think it's it's a little overstated how bad the violence is. Uh, I think yeah, maybe the show. Blood well, let, let it progress. Like, I mean, let it progress. Yeah, because even in everything, I mean, like we see a superhero crushing another superhero's head, but it kind of is just like there's a bunch of red. Yeah, it's not. I don't know. It's not uh, ultimatum. <laughs> I guess I watch Doctor Strange's n- face pop. No, right? certainly. Well, yeah. not yet. Um, not quite. I okay. want just to get back to the comedy thing. I do want to say, yeah. superhero comics are not funny. Um, <laughs> yes, that's true. It it is the bane of superhero comics, right? Uh, so that is not especially unique to Kirkman. I think it's more about creating tone and and kind of just the ways we can expect at least in these early stages, Invincible. Like, these Invincible stories are often about Mark meets someone, and then instead of doing the, you know, punches for an hour, he just, like, talks to them and solves it. You know, very small inversions <clears throat> that kind of speak more to just, like, who is this person? Where's his head at? You know, these little things um, yeah, that yeah, I yeah. think are relatively effective. And then what I was I, I like is... that scene with him and the the one-eyed alien who shows Hell up. The to... alien, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, you have, like... Within 19 issues, the Angstrom multiverses, the Mauler twins, the Martians, Robot and the Guardians of the Globe, Titan and the Crime Syndicate, and then the twist. Most know, of, of itself, which... I was a gonna, lot of besides, stuff. Besides the twist, most of that is, like, slow build-up rather than, like, we actually... Like, yeah. I don't know the deal behind half those things yet. It's just kind of, like, starting to build it, which is fine. Like, uh, no, no real complaints with but that. It's giving, I kind but of, it's building its universe, and it's giving a sense that... There's going to be a lot here to play with if you stick with it, um, yeah. which is uh, I could see a modern version of review being like, I would like this to actually just do one of these things. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I guess in my mind, because because we know what it is and we know the duration uh, and I know nothing is wasted, you know, I'm kind of reading it like, oh, this is great. Kind of like guess. a Claremont thing, right? Where like. Something yeah. just builds in the background for eight issues and then you're like, what's going on back there? Who's that? Yeah, guy? totally. Yeah. Right. It's that. It's yeah. That I don't mind that. Legacy. I I have no I have no <clears throat> problem with that. I think that like works well. The you know, I I like the the twins, the blue alien twins guys. Like Mall whatever's twins, going on yeah. with them, I'm I'm slightly intrigued. I will say at the end of these 19 issues, I am not left in a place where I'm like, ah, oh, well, I gotta see where this goes. Like, I I don't have a strong like hook this has not hooked me and like i gotta see where this continues to go because i right. kind of don't know the shape of it i have no idea how this keeps going for another 120 issues like at this point that seems crazy to me <laughs> that this comic yeah, has yeah. that many more issues so right. like it has this not snagged like lot, me yeah. and and you know maybe maybe twist time maybe time talk twist um yeah we should talk the twist let's talk the fact the that the twist though is that that stuff with his dad is really in the background now at this point at the end of the 19 issues that being like not a looming thing really is like that's the thing that would like keep me um intrigued about where this is building to but that feels like he's put that on the shelf and that's like that we're gonna come to back, back to that much later right so like whatever he's building now it's just the superhero universe itself 
is not it hasn't grabbed me yet like i don't really see the shape of the world i don't fully understand like superheroes place in this world it's like it's a little glib in that you know like the threat like uh do people know about superheroes kind of but like how yeah, integrate like sure. is it top it, it feels like it doesn't quite know if it's like top 10 or the marvel universe or something where they're like much sneakier like like it kind of seems like somewhat but, normalized sometimes like the tone of i mean there's a justice league you know the Guardians right yeah yeah but like so it's i mean the people know about that yeah yeah i guess there's there's a strange i, I just can't quite figure out like the full picture of you know, I, I don't know, like Marvel feels generally like a, a world I can kind of understand. Like if you're I'm, a superhero here, like what are the stakes to you coming I out as a superhero? Part this of it reflects is, too much on Marvel and DC to yeah. like set those rules for it. Part of it okay, is sure, like yeah. in the interpersonal relationships, it's very much like relationships between superheroes. So you don't get a great look at like the view from normal people, like yeah, people that are yeah, like way outside of superhero I mean. circles. Yeah. And that's like maybe something that's slightly missing uh so far like yeah how like are there like already invincible fans like only man- like we know people are talking about their secret identity stuff like that like he's yeah. being reported on yeah. the news but like yeah it is kind of vague as to like i do think it is like <clears throat> sorry i do think it is like an expectation of you know, you know how these universes work. Like, it's supposed to be the same as in Marvel, yeah. right? Yeah. But, like, that yeah. doesn't help it stand on its own. Um, there, yeah. There's I some think... confusing stuff with, like, Omni-Man is a best-selling author, right? And then <clears throat> later when he leaves and his book sales explode, Mark's mother, I can't remember. Do we, do we get her name? We got to talk about her as a character. Um, the fact that you have to ask, do we get her name, does summarize yeah. probably my biggest complaint. Yeah, for, the for sure. Issues, yeah, which is she is into. she is a prop. She is not a person. I think she will become yeah. a person, um, but puts, I think she's written very poorly. In puts very issues. little into her characterization. Um, but she goes to the publisher, and they talk about whether like Omni Man's identity has not been revealed yet, and she's like, "Oh, think of the sales, though." And I'm like, "Wait, so." Th- her dad, Mark's dad, is a best-selling author, but not because of Omni Man. Was the implication? I just wanted to see if you, either of you, understood that. <laughs> I kind of assumed it was that, like, you know, Omni Man is a sells books about his adventures, and then later it was like, no, no one knows that this author is Omni Man. He's just uh, a great writer, Zach. I yeah, mean, I know. I thought that was really funny. I like, think you're talking really about the difference surprised. between Superman and Spider Man actually, which is, if it's Spider-Man, Spider-Man writes books about his adventures, but then he can't collect any of the royalties because they're not in Peter Parker's name and he won't reveal it. If it's Superman, he just writes them as Clark Kent and they're awesome and people buy them and he's rich. (laughs) I just, (laughs) like, what what a funny thing to have Omni-Man just be like, yeah, he just writes, you know, like... He writes dope uh, books. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he just writes really good, you know, military thrillers or something. (laughs) Like, because he talks about it, like, he's like, ah, the publisher's been really on me to get another book out. We have to start, like, thinking about Mark's college education, so I guess I'll churn one out. Uh, And so, to me, I was just like, oh, okay, it's just that anything related to Omni-Man will just sell automatically because he's you know the superman of this world but no <laughs> yeah that's what i so, thought as well yeah yeah so it, it well because the publisher there's the whole scene where mark's mother reveals that you know she's omni man's wife to the publisher and the publisher's like oh my god and it's like oh wait you, oh if she didn't know then that means the books are not being published by omni man so anyway uh that just 
uh, threw me for through a loop. That is definitely okay. not in that is definitely not in my top seventy five uh, things to think about with this comic. But it's interesting that it took that it took a lot of attention. Uh, one thing I want to say here: issue number seven. Zach, you're talking about does this succeed as a superhero universe? Superhero goddamn gold. Superhero gold in issue oh number God, seven. Various artists introduce the Guardians of the Globe, a clear Justice League analog. I really enjoy the fact that we get a bunch of different artists jumping in to sort not. of design these <laughs> characters and tell different stories. <laughs> you didn't notice? Um, How did you not notice? I, did, I didn't notice that it switched art styles. Zach, that's Zach, insane. If you want to, if you want to make this convincible case for yourself, you got to yeah, show a little like, eye for detail. The Wonder Woman analog is like a very Jack Kirby style. Like yeah. each I mean, one I just has assumed like... oddly like switch styles. Oh um, sure, but you didn't notice there was a change in style. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, like, cool. No, she's super. I mean, it it turns very clearly, uh... clearly lying. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm pedaling hard. It, well, it's weird because the uh, I thought Wonder Woman looked like Kirby, right? Like, yeah. Well, it's weird because Kirby never. It's like Frank Miller does Kirby. Um, it's a very, a very specific style. Okay, but so we get all that visually. It's, it's interesting. It's an, it's a nice little way to celebrate. Like, yes, these analogs that are, you know, to one of your complaints, Zach, has been, okay, these are just that's just Wonder Woman. What is interesting? Well, okay, (laughs) it's not just Wonder Woman. I'm sorry. One hot naked. That's something I normally don't see with Wonder Woman. Two. Wow, okay. Zach, hang on, hang on. Let's just put on paper. Zach does not think Wonder Woman would be hot naked. I just want that noted for I'm those I'm just saying, I usually don't get these views arguments. with Wonder Woman. And two, here's the thing, though. <laughs> it pulls the rug out from you. Because first, it's saying, look at this. Sexy lady. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, she's gay. Crazy. That's crazy. It's such a... It is, well, it is done as, like, this is such a 2002 moment of, like... And it, the twist, she's gay. The twist is she's gay. <laughs> It's so funny to me. But like, is it a? Tw- I don't, I don't think it's. Re- I don't actually think it's really I think, played I think. that uh, that badly. Charlotte, they, what do you think? Don't no, I don't think, think it's like, played that badly. But I think like that. Being but the is it a twist? Because I do. I don't feel like any of the other like guardians are like they're very much one to one. Like do yeah. do you feel like the other like the Batman analog and the do those guys had like twists to them? No, maybe not. Maybe I am just inserting like how I think most early 2000s comics would deal with somebody yeah. being gay. I think but that's I, your I, own uh, your own assumption. Because, I mean, listen, you're not wrong. Like, Invincible is casually homophobic. Um, at times, it's one of the one of the worst Oh, yeah, the recurring joke of, like, issues. like uh, <laughs> it's gay flying to with fly. someone. Like, yeah, that's like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that's, weird that's very early 2000s casual homophobia. It she sucks. Is, isn't, like... Um, is gay? Or is that only in the show? Uh, Charlotte, we cannot talk oh about that yet. Oh my god, Charlotte, now I cannot this. talk Sorry. about it. Alright, everyone stop your recording, we're starting over. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, I mean, I think, Zach, I, I did not read that. Yeah, uh, may, I might be a wrong A real ham-fisted, just... like, it, listen, it's not good about representation or issues of diversity. Yeah. I actually think this is played very casually and fine um it's also I mean, the same I get, thing the boys does you know yeah that's what i was gonna say it's like i get the thought of like oh ennis had the same thoughts so <laughs> what does that say yeah yeah i, yeah. I might have misread that um, uh but okay but what is gold is we uh-huh. get all those intros yeah. we get all these versions of these characters that are not that interesting like no. like in and of themselves the guardians of the globe are like okay like this is just there's our martian manhunter there's our flash like what about these is interesting like not much only to gather them all together for Omni-Man to brutally murder. That's gold. That's great. That is of a piece with, like, Ecstatics number one. 
in terms no, of no, it's not. I thought about exploding oh your expectations that oh, these are going to be the the characters and the players that we're going to be around with for a while. Except we're not because Omni Man killed them all. What's his deal? What's the secret? It's a great twist. I love it, and uh, I, I think we can end the episode there. <laughs> Charlotte, you go first. You talk. I think I wouldn't go as far as say like it's a great twist. I think to me, goddamn more... gold is actually the uh, the phrase. <laughs> To me, I think it's more interesting on the level of, like, I don't avoiding the mistake. Like, if this was, like, we were playing straightforward, uh, like, Squadron Supreme style, right? Like, we have, like, the 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 Walmart Justice League here. Um, that'd be very boring to me. Yeah. And I think, like, the, the intros are fun. But when, like, when, um, when Omni-Man kills them, I'm not like, oh, what a clever choice. I'm like... Oh thank God! Okay, we can. Okay, I mean, I, I almost yeah, but that's that's fine. Relief yeah, is fine. Yeah, yeah. I, I almost feel like the the fact that they are so bland and generic gives away the game <laughs> to me. I feel like it almost like telegraphs that they're all about to be murdered because they're so. I don't think so. Yeah, it's so. I just don't think so. I we know it. We know yeah. it, and then we know it's coming. So yeah, it's impossible that, to read it without it. But yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't think the first time I read it that I would have had that experience at all. I I mean, I also don't think I would have been, like, running down the street with my shirt off, like, wow! <laughs> right? Yeah. But um, I think the, that's, that is the reaction that I think people coming to it new might have. Um, okay, here's... Can I, and the can fact I say, that it sets that up is great. One, your extacts comparison is crazy, because... I don't think it's what, as one, good as that first issue it, coming out of the gate. I want to be clear, it's not as good, but it's comparable. And Ecstatics did it a couple of years earlier. So, like, Ecstatics beat him to the punch here. Uh, like, one. Well, no, a couple, couple of years. I doubt. I, think 2000, I, bet, I bet Kirkman didn't even read Ecstatics. <laughs> Two, the thing that makes Ecstatics cool is that those characters felt like the, the <sighs> fact that these are all bland ripoffs of Justice League actually makes it less impactful because I didn't feel like it was trying to convince me that, like, get invested in these characters as cool no, new. No, yeah characters whereas ecstatics you're like look at look at these weirdos like who are these six people like this is the new team okay and i'm like getting into each one of them there's like a few characters that you're like all right i kind of know that guy now and then they all die and it feels much more of a like oh okay i can't i am not on solid ground here um so i think like making them really bland you kind of like charlotte said you feel relief (laughs) when they're dead because you didn't want to see them very much more about like complicating only man and making him into an interesting character than like doing a fun thing with a with and, and i think ripoff. i think that works fine actually yeah like, i don't i don't omni man needs a complication here i mean i think everything yes. you've said yeah. to yeah, this yeah. point is okay but this feels the mystery of why omni man did this is yeah. the interesting thing you spend the next few issues being like and, and i actually think i had forgotten about this i think it's pretty canny to then not sh- do any follow-up and to not reveal omni man as evil for a few more issues mm-hmm and just show him like in like nervous dad mode being like rehearsing what he's going to say to Mark hiding the fact that you know he goes to the funeral he eulogizes them Th- those few issues of like what is going on like he just killed them all but now he's just you know like he's all nervous about something he has yeah. to tell Mark like i think that's good like that well, there's that, that real sense of like is this smaller twins thing is this the chameleon like you don't know at that for several or issues. were they bad is the you know like he had to kill them because sure. there's another game going on you know a deeper game and 
some kind of you know the superheroes are actually bad and omni man is fighting them i think like yeah. that is probably the the easiest thing to walk away from with this is that you know you still are walking away with the assumption oh yeah omni man's like a good guy sure so, yeah like, there must have been a reason for him to have done this um but and i think he plays that pretty pretty good did you so it's a hard question to ask because it's been a while and i don't know if you knew the twist before reading it the first time no I didn't. were you not expecting the twist at all no, no, not at all. The like first it, time, there's no way I was expecting it. Yeah, yeah, no. I don't think there's any indication but, of that twist, period, until it happens. Even, like I'm saying, even with the him killing the Guardians, boring. I think... Huh? He's too boring. Like, I, w- I, yeah. I don't... Yeah. My thing was like, okay, so he's perfect guy from perfect world with perfect life and perfect character. That's... Either it's like an incredibly boring comic, or like there's something, there's a lie there, right? Yeah, I and, I definitely didn't give it the credit of like there's something more going on here because the comic doesn't give that vibe. The comic, the comic never gives a vibe of like there's he's doing something subtle here. Uh, yeah, that's that is not what's. I mean, I I for sure didn't think that, and I actually wonder even on the reread, issues one through six, did Kirkman think he was going to do this with Omni Man, or was this an idea that came to him because? There's no groundwork set before the Guardians get killed. There's not. Like, you can watch Omni-Man and he is played perfectly good, perfectly straight, perfectly yeah. loving dad. Uh, there's no hint I mean, of what's My to thinking come, is, so. I like, the only two choice with that character is you kill him or he's evil, right? And, like, maybe the original plan was killing him. I don't know. But, the, uh... the Gwen Stacy conundrum. <laughs> well, or exactly. you just continue having Superman and Son. I think the simplest answer is an option here, Um, which is, you know, and I think, you know, I think we're talking about the simplicity and how standard it is. I mean, yes, but also like, where's the good Superman and Son book? I think there's, there is actually a tremendous appetite. But (laughs) But I'm saying that comes much later. Like there is a tremendous appetite actually for Superman family stuff. And it's actually Elaine, the DC kind of, you know, boxed themselves out of for yeah. a long time yeah, so yeah. that that is an option um sure yeah i, it's not, I don't it's not actually, inconceivable yeah sorry charlotte i don't i don't fully agree that like that dynamic was totally uninteresting um i i, I feel I, like just omni man was too wasn't didn't have enough going on for him like yeah, felt like just he felt like a kind of empty well I, empty you can't have a character man. who's noble but pure but good right like that's never a you know a good uh well, you can like Captain America is that like OG Superman? No, but Captain that. America is constantly second guessing himself and making sure you know yeah. like Omni Man didn't even second guess himself. He was so sure in what he was doing. Yeah, and and so like it was so matter of fact the way that he would you know save the world and talk about yeah. it, and that everyone else would talk about it. So like so so where this goes next? Yeah, is the full heel turn for Omni Man? Right, Ooh, it is the full wrestling, wrestling turn. Zach, let's talk. I love wrestling. wrestling. I've been watching so much wrestling lately. So Omni Man fully, he like he like you said, he's kind of hemming and hawing about how am I going to tell Mark? He tells him that story I told you about my planet's heritage. It's a lie. We get the story retold with his true Viltrumite heritage. The fact that Omni Man is a militaristic conqueror that he is only on Earth basically to subdue the population so they can be conquered by the Viltrumite Empire. He tells Mark. Your mother is little more than a pet. Just absolute brutal. That's a, that's a great line. Like it is that that detail yeah. specifically is really really good. Like I, hard, I, it is harsh in like the meanest way. And yeah, it's, it's I don't efficient. give him a ton of credit 
for like finding some kind of emotional way of like you know having an emotional punch uh very often in this comic but i think that specifically that line in the rest of this conversation i don't even think goes that i think issue 11 does it's the closest the book these 19 issues get to a genuine emotional punch Mm -hmm. um i think you can feel mark's pain of having a dad betray you like this of having a parent just like listen it's it's superhero comics and it's super ham-fisted right it's the biggest version of it um but to have them totally not be who you thought they were is actually resonant uh and then mark just gets wailed on by his own dad and this is where the transition from cory walker to ryan otley does pay dividends i think cory walker's a great designer yeah Um, we should he designs a lot of these comics or he designs a lot of these you know characters a ton of them um really fun ways like robot to me is like just like a perfect like ro- like you talk about you know that you don't sense the setup for omni-man with robot there's a perpetual like okay what's this thing's deal <laughs> right because <laughs> of that weird got little this eerie smirk. smile yeah. the whole yeah, time it's great lucky. it's perfect sure. yeah, yeah. um i like the immortal uh I, I like a lot of these designs frankly but ryan otley comes in after issue seven and i think it's a real upgrade i think in terms of how kinetic the book feels um and this is not peak otley I don't think at this point, but this is a, it like just the lines are just a lot more dynamic. Jaw lines are made of rubber. All of a sudden proportions are more exaggerated. Um, Otley also accelerates and eventually kind of fully controls the hyperviolence that Invincible becomes known for. I, I think this, this fight where it's not really a fight. It's really just a beating of Omni-Man against Mark. If it's Walker still, I don't think it, it is as hard to watch as when it's Otley. Um, and again, I want to credit Walker for kicking, for getting this off the ground, for all the amazing design work. And Walker's gonna, you know, bounce around and do stuff. Like you don't, like he's the co-creator, right? Like a lot of this stuff doesn't exist without him. Um, but I do prefer Otley in these action moments for sure. So I think issue eleven is. I mean, this is the. Well, can point, I, can right? I talk this to is, Otley? This is what everyone Walker. remembers about the Invincible. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, just to to break that down, Walker, I think to me reminded me of Steve Ditko. Um, in Spider-Man, not Doctor Strange specifically, because I think he actually really, I think he succeeded more than Otley does at the expressive characters in the yeah. like conversations and the kind of pacing of two people talking to each other back and forth in a way that like Ditko could get at. Um, and then suffered a little bit during the big sci-fi splash page stuff and that design not working. And then it's like the opposite for me with Otley. I think Ali's okay during the conversational stuff and the expressive character work, um, but then like really succeeds at the big bombastic, you know, action stuff. Um, but Otley definitely has times where, <laughs> sorry, Dave, you're, 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 the faces, the faces are really. Uh, <laughs> it, here, here's the thing: it's not Dragon aesthetically that because he he does like you said the like the rubber jaws, people's you know mouths contort in all kinds of crazy ways. My issue is sometimes it feels like there's a big disconnect between what Kirkman wrote on the script and then what Otley is showing on the page. And the expression, I'm like, okay, the expression on that person's face in this silent panel is meant to say something, but what that something is <laughs> is a mystery to me. So, like, does that resonate with either of you? Do you know what I'm talking about? I think Walker does. Uh, Charlotte, go ahead. Charlotte, what do you mm. Kind of. I, I have uh, examples if like that doesn't pop out like that might. Yeah, I mean, so it like, doesn't pop out as much. Like, I I agreed more with you on Bagley, for example. Yeah, yeah. You don't so see that no, and, and this is Bagley? this is not all over the place. This is like just here and there. But like, 
it does crop up often enough. I wanted to mention. So like Stedman, the CIA or not government, government contact who recruits Mark when he does in the hospital room, he goes on this big spiel about who he is and what he wants Mark to do. And then he's like, all right, our next steps are going to be, uh, Oh, and he just says, Oh, and then he looks at Mark in Mark's hospital bed. And then he's like some other time then. And then he walks away and I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Wasn't what sure is the Mark? What, what is there. the art expressing here that made him go? Oh, some other time. I'm assuming, because I can put it through, together through context, that Mark is too sad to talk about this right now. But I don't know if that's the case. And then when Mark's friend hits on Eve, she's like, he's like, you want to go get something to eat sometime? And then her face uh, is totally blank. And uh, the thought bubble pops up with just like dot, dot, dot. I assume that that she was stunned at his audacity. But apparently it is that she is into it or surprised that he and excited that he asked her out because they're dating i don't know there, there's stuff like that um where i just feel like uh but you know that pretty much those are complaint. those are pretty pretty minor and i think but you know, but it the, does lend to a Cecil thing where case, like it's very contextually easy no I, I don't know there's Mark's sometimes where i walk him away and being put him like, in the hospital i don't think it's that confusing <laughs> maybe he doesn't want to talk about it. Okay, well, it's, but he does talk about it. He it's he's not being silent, and the art is not expressing that. So there there is like I just I want to those are the like standout moments. But it does run throughout that I think the art of people's faces does not add a ton to the expressiveness of the emotions, like yeah. the way that and like ecstatics does. The way that even like I never really had that too much with Bagley. Like I generally kind of got. Most of the time, what Bagley's faces were doing—it's kind of like uh, Charlotte. Are we going to let him lie? Are we going to let him lie to our faces? Like <laughs> well, it's like Greg to Land, right? Like it—it's kind of the thing that Greg Land does, where it's like the face and the emotion of the scene are on two different pages entirely. It's not hmm. Greg Land level for sure. It's not nearly as bad as that, but it's that same similar thing where I often am like, I don't—I don't know the exact tone here, and the art is not helping. You know, like words on a page can yeah. be have a lot of different tones and then the art can kind of like hone in on the exact vibe of this it's kind of a strange nitpick to me i, think I don't oddly... think it's nitpicky at all it's the art it's, it's what art does it shows no, you're talking you're talking about you're talking about very small moments i the one piece that i will I mean, I il- illustrate knowledge is i think otley does take i think he grows into the book um i i do think there's some early stage stuff with ryan otley coming in where he is chasing cory walker's style you know like mm-hmm. you know he's like an i don't know what the context was exactly but like you know there is that sense of like how long you can be on the book and it turns out forever um i think he kind of progresses and again he's penciling and inking everything too i think he kind of progresses into what his own style is yeah. and i think as he does that he's, he has more command over some of the things you're talking about i i have a lot of forgiveness for kind of small stuff like you're talking about with i don't with think it's small though team. i think that's like a it big is part of comic books is that the emotion characters emotions are expressed yeah, yeah no no expression is important expression is important <laughs> i don't I think, think that's it is, a, it is an artistic here. skill i'm just saying like these examples uh, well yeah i just i mean i plucked two out but like there's a lot I'm of just, i did not have the same experience reading is really all okay. i'm saying yeah, like i did fair. not have difficulty following because of because of the expression like that's right that's the problem is like I don't know I mean, what the tone or what the characters are yeah. feeling because the expression is so off. But okay, again, my, my point that, is you have two people doing yeah, everything yeah. for the first 13 issues. Yeah. Um, I actually yeah, do Kirkman's have a lot of forgiveness letter. for And again, oh, like yeah. they're moving at a monthly clip. They're not taking they're not taking breaks. And you think about that, you know, by today's standards, I think we have a lot more understanding that like that is a very hard thing to do is to keep a book coming out on time 
and at a certain high quality by the same creative team doing all of this workload. Um, so I'm I'm very forgiving of. And again, like I've seen so many in in the 2020s. You know, a Marvel comic, for example, where Zach, you want to talk about faces? Like if artists just like not fully populating <laughs> eyeballs or mouths and just leaving blank faces. You know what Walker I mean? Walker like actually these... does that more than. Uh... Hotly does where he just yeah two like it is dots. a but I think there is shorthand it is yeah. a trick um those are not meant to be the focal point of an image and you have artists that are trying to get things done so I don't I have a lot of like forgiveness for that I think if it's happening all over the place and would continue you know I maybe I'd I'd be a bl- more willing to listen I think, to it um, yeah but it, I think really. it just it generally is not that additive like the art the, the art during conversations is not particularly additive and then at times it is. So, so that I will that I will say, I kind of agree with in the sense of Kirkman will continue. He he sets up a lot of two people sitting in a room having long conversation scenes, and if you're going to do that, then I think it it is then you're putting all the onus on the artist mm-hmm. to yeah. sell expression, to sell anatomy, um, and I think that is a a creative collaboration problem where maybe yeah. they're not on the same page. Um, you know, you like, for example, like Bendis and Michael Gatos and Jessica yeah, Jones, yeah. Right? Oh, okay. where, where you know, like, that. okay, no, no, but you like, there's a book <laughs> where Bendis will be like, Hey, here for this page, Michael, please draw uh, 16 versions of Jessica's face as she does a monologue. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I'm just, I was saying Bagley because you actually, you really did convince me of that, you know, by underlining like, yeah, but can you play Bagley that much when you're asked to do this? And I was like, Oh yeah. yeah. That's a really good point. Like when and and I think I can see the sh- the I don't want to call it a shortcut necessarily, but you see a lot of pages that are three wide panels. The the entire page is broken into three widescreen panels, and it's just two people standing next to each other, and then the word bubbles mostly fill the page, mm-hmm. and it is kind of like all right, let's you know we just got to get this information out, and there's not much being done and- artistically here, but also. You're probably right in that, like... Well, and they, it became well, mildly controversial the way Walker would literally just reuse panels without changing yeah, anything. Well, he, and and that becomes a running comic, gag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, Kirkman, I actually kind of appreciate his ability to use that for humor. Um, but that's one of those things that I guess now would be easy to criticize and be like, that's so lazy. I actually look at that and be like, yeah, it's probably somebody working on a deadline who's like, oh, good, I yeah, can just yeah, of course. not waste yeah. time on this page. And it works. I don't think it's that noticeable. Like, it, I don't think it's a huge I, problem yeah. at all. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. I mean I it it is not the comic still reads fine. I'm not like <sighs> left mystified by like what are these <laughs> what are these people saying to each other? There are just conversations yeah. where I'm like I don't really know what the tone of that is. Like was that jokey? Was that hostile? Was there, you know, an edge to that? Was there not like the the writing doesn't fully explain like um actually and I think this is Walker, not Otley, but the William and Mark at college where William just keeps correcting people who want to call him like bill billy will whatever yeah like i had a hard time nailing the tone of that scene did you get like i think he seems like a dick is what i yeah but like the repeated like it happening i was like are you trying to sell william as an asshole because that's kind of what it's doing but also is it a joke maybe this is a joke to be like snickering at i i don't know they uh i just think he's an asshole i don't know charlotte what do you think it it didn't feel like totally tonally controlled to me uh, yeah, it felt like he was, yeah, kind of an asshole, but also, like, it was such a weird tension that was like, is it, 
Is this like it's a, a weird, weird it's a weird character peeve? Like what's what's yeah. happening? Yeah. Yeah, but I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be like, yeah, he's an asshole, but we're like laughing at him for yeah. being like so crazy about such a minor thing. Um anyway. It is it these, is a very are, strange thing that Mark's nitpicky. best friend defining character beat is he's like obsessed with using his full name. I guess it's but, a gag. But, uh, but it's then, not but funny, then it's just strange. Is like he the, the comic frames it as if he's being unreasonable for like someone being hey william billy can i call you billy and he's like oh no william like he's being crazy and not oh so you're on like, you're on team william is the I'm problem on william's side like it is that is not surprising you're such a william zach <laughs> i don't i can you can call me zach you can call me zachary Either i'm sorry zachariah i'm sorry i've <laughs> yeah, been saying zach this whole zachary. time um, um no i just but like if someone says no no please no but it's me. the tone it's the tone with which he responds because william has the same argument which is like what it's a problem for me to correct my name it's like no that's not the problem the problem the, is you snapped will, at him immediately the will william thing is like reasonable someone meets a william and he's like can i call you will and they say no okay you could for say someone, for you, you could to say william, william please and then, go, can and I then you're you done <laughs> is crazy yeah <laughs> He yeah. does initially, and then the that's the thing though is he does actually just say that he's like, oh no, please call me something else, or he says no, call me this, and then it's like Mark's like you were being a real jerk there, and it's like well was he? I didn't get that through the comic. Anyway, this is hilarious. Now 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 this is like a total tie. I'm tangentially nitpicking. I don't really. <laughs> so care now we that. so Charlotte. The other problem here is we have to convince Zach to get off Team William. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, I honestly love though, I wasn't sure Willy if style. the comic was Team William or not. Like, I was like, is it like is yeah? Does it like him? him? I, is it yeah? Is it think, does it think he's funny? I I don't know. Like, it, he's he's a notch above Mark's mom in terms. Yeah, of yeah. Just yeah. A notch, William though. is strange. <laughs> okay, here here's a big here's a big complaint, guys. Um. The big twist with Omni-Man, I think, is really well done. I think it comes out of nowhere. I think it adds a ton of interest to the book. <sighs> uh, two issues with it. One, I think, Viltrium, Viltruvium, whatever. The, yeah, the planet that Omni-Man comes from. I think the... I actually, I really like the format of how he does the backstory of that, which, like, I think issue two, we heard Omni-Man's real back... Or we heard his fake backstory... And yeah. we actually get all these panels of it. And then he just takes that same backstory and then he just tweaks it, right? And so we're seeing it again, but this time the truth. I think that's like a pretty engaging way of revealing all that information. I think that empire is so boring. <laughs> it's so simple. I actually, just my notes here are simple, simple, simple. <laughs> because the reason for this empire is to bring order to other worlds. We're strong. That's it. Like... It's not reflective of what Empire does. It's not reflective of real-world imperialism. It's not really reflective of something fun in sci-fi, like if you just want to go genre route. So it's just like, it's so, I'm evil. I'm evil and strong, and that's it. So like, it's just, it's kind of a boring motivation. I mean, And then, yeah. for the future of that moving forward, what is interesting about this twist to me, I think the stuff that, you know, to mine out of this is the Mark and his dad stuff, Mark and Nolan. Right, Like, that's the part that I'm, like, fascinated by. Like, what if this is your dad and this happened to you by your dad in that relationship shattering and then how Mark deals with that? And it kind of brushes over it. Mark gets over this so fast. He is over it by, like, the next issue. He's bringing it up. He's chatting about it with Alan the alien. He's just like, oh, yeah, my dad's a Vitruvium. Yeah, it was really crazy. He just left last month. And I'm like, this just happened. And we get Oh, I don't agree at all. 
Charles, did you have a... The only time we see that really coming out is like when he's looking at his mom becoming an alcoholic and that's her only character trait is that she drinks too much and Mark worries about her. I mean, I think part of the problem is we don't get that much insight into what Mark actually thinks. Like, we get that only through conversation um and he's like yeah there are like the few scenes right after the battle where he's like completely out of it and like there's one scene in the hospital bed like yeah and and that's someone else just talking at him while he just sits there quietly and that's it is like all of it seems to be put on the mom like all of the like tragedy and betrayal and like feeling terrible about it seems to be put on the mom uh for some reason um it's literally it's the next issue what's his name sternum Stedman. Stedman comes to him in the hospital bed, pitches that you're going to be the new, you know, our new point person, our new Superman for the government. He sees that Mark's too sad or comatose to talk about it, whatever. He leaves. And then later that issue, Stedman, then him and Mark walk together and Stedman lays everything out for him. And Mark is like, college scholarship? Great. Okay. I'd love to be your Superman. And he's like chipper about it. And I'm like, that's crazy. It's crazy for him to be excited about college right now like him thinking that his life is going to be back to normal and him worrying about normal kid things i think it's nuts like and it gets right back to that level and the his dad moves totally to the background except like through the mom so like so i think there's there's two aspects to that one i actually don't have that reading i actually thought it's been a little too long because I, I actually think it goes for multiple issues where they're really just in the shadow of what omni-man did which kind of makes sense um but it kind of bogs down the comic. I think the second piece of this, so whether or not it makes sense for a teenager to react that way, I guess is up for debate. It would depend on the person. Um, it definitely makes sense for a teenage superhero to react that way, <laughs> right? I mean, like if if our if our history of teenage superheroes spent the appropriate amount of time reacting to the trauma in their lives, they would never. Spider Man would never web sling again. <laughs> Right. Sure. So, like, the but action I, does continue. I actually thought it spent because uh, like no, it does. I'm looking at it right now. The issue, the, the, the <laughs> one issue ends with him. Issue 13 opens with him bloodied on the rocks. Uh huh. By the middle of that issue, he is, or by the end of it, he's talking to Alan the alien calmly and like with very little like stress and emotion about like you know the logistics of having a Viltru whatever. I gotta actually learn what it is, but. Having his dad on the planet and that he's gone. And then it ends with like his dad, his Alan being like, what are you going to do? And he's like, finish high school, I guess. Like it's, it doesn't even yeah. spend an issue with him being traumatized by this. Yeah, but, the then, but then continuing like issues will continue having, you know, his mom falling apart, him reacting sadly to that. Um, and, and I mean, I don't think he falls down apart. the road. He's still talking to his girlfriend about it and kind of the problems and, what it's done yeah, to him. I don't, um, you know, it, do, actually, it doesn't just go away, I guess is I my think, I think intention. it totally goes... Emotionally, I think it goes away, and I think that's... I don't think it's me, crazy it to most... uh, to also... To have a character who's also doing other things with it. Like, the fact that he's not also just in bed with... First off, that'd be an incredibly boring comic. Um, but second, like, that's not that weird to me. I mean, it's... I've been at funerals where people are laughing. You know what I mean? Like, like people people's lives do go on after traumatic that, that is not that I, I i mean i think you're inserting a lot of like i don't know that that all seems kind of like excuse making for it because i really don't think that's how the comic presents it the 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 um god what was i gonna say i lost train of thought because i got so mad <laughs> <laughs> yeah we can um, tell 
the oh oh I, I remember what it was you know what i was thinking reading this bendis would have nailed this uh my, oh, like wow. i think i think bendis would have killed this aspect <laughs> of the comic because i think he's really good That's at a, that like okay, rising yeah. pressure putting the screws to his characters and just having them like buckle under pressure and you feeling that both with like ultimate spider-man and daredevil i've seen that him do that a couple times jessica jones a bit but like he's really good at that and that's kind of what i was looking for because i felt that with peter parker you feel peter parker like fraying and like the pressure building on this kid and him just not being able to take it and i think this is crazier than anything that like peter parker went through an ultimate spider-man and yet mark seems to just like have it roll off his shoulders yeah i mean i i am excuse making because i disagree but i you know so i think it's it's a little bit of both but i think at the same time like there is a case to be made that like Mark sees his mom fall apart and realizes he has to be the strong one for this as well. I mean, it, it some of it yeah, too but that, is like that would be interesting. It is kind of that. trauma overload yeah. as well, where it's like it's like it's so fast for because like he hears about it and the next second he's getting beat up by his dad. This all happens in like twenty minutes for Mark. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not like he has a lot of time to process what's happening. Um, and then and then his dad's gone. He's just gone. So like, I, I think kind of re- re- reacting with. With just like, sh- like he's probably still in shock, I guess a bit, and then it's kind of just like, well, what do I do? And I, I think the choice is to just live, <laughs> well, <it makes laughs> which is not I, insane to me. I, I think like the choice would be to live, and then for him to be a teenager and like lash out in all kinds of other random directions, right? And then he's a superhero. I think, so it's I think that right? maybe the, do the story like, argument is yeah. he can't because he has to care for his mom. But I mean, yeah, that'd be a, that'd be an approach. Is like he's raging out because of all this that that would make sense i don't disagree we're also but like, I think all of that is yeah. like interpreting stuff that's very much not obvious on the page and i think part of it is like the the absolute lack of thought bubbles and and all nar- like narration boxes like that's not a part of this at all which is like unusual for superhero comics yeah yeah i never even only really disc- considered that we yeah. only see dialogue we never see people's like inner thoughts for the most parts um, it's like we don't know what's going on in Mark's head outside of like just the discussions he had or like how he visually reacts to stuff and like given that like the visuals don't always carry it in, in obvious ways like it is hard to know exactly what he's thinking like sure he could be trying to be the like the adult in, in the household but that's not like that's not obvious by the text or by the images or like he could just be in shock but that's not obvious it, either. It, and that's not good drama to be like, oh, he's stepping up to be the adult of the house and it impacts the rest of his life in no ways, right? Just like, okay, he just shoulders that and everything's fine and he handles it. Like, he, his life seems pretty stress-free, <laughs> like, despite this. Like, he's running around, he's a little worried about his grades, but, like, the pressure doesn't feel to be strongly... Just to mention it, though, I'm kind of glad there's not thought bubbles. I, I would much rather see how he reacts to the, the stress and the tension than... um you know have it just be told sure to me, yeah so. it is but interesting like in consider... the bendis comparison that's like yeah that's yeah, a yeah, big totally. way of, of how bendis does it yeah right. yep that's fair but he also it's has spidey comparison beat to people think... to an inch of their life uh yeah. and then realize that he's gone way too far you know yeah okay sorry dave go on i think i cut you off no i just i i think with invincible like mark is kind of boring <laughs> is kind of what you're getting at i think ultimately and i think there are different ways to have handled it definitely um the twist and the impact i think are are not designed to uh disable him right and you could say like that's not 
that's not good drama, right? Or that's not that's not really true to life. Certainly, this comic's not true to life in any way. No, no. Um, right. So it's I I just think this idea of it being like I I guess I kind of resist the idea that it doesn't have an impact. Um, this this shadow hangs over the next, I mean, dozens of issues. I think, like it doesn't. I I think you're saying maybe he. Emo- like he is capable of talking about it in ways that maybe are fast um realistically but i think you know the comic itself is still very much lingering in the shadow like there's a before and there's an after and this book is kind of i actually think it struggles a bit in the sense that it's it's very much in the shadow of omni-man for a while before it kind and this is kind of mark now building okay i'm dad's gone who am I and how, mm-hmm. how do I tie into Cecil's plans for superheroes and the guardians of the globe reforming and things like that. And it kind of has to build back up now into a new shape of something in a superhero universe. That is, that is kind of interesting. Um, I, I, I don't necessarily like, yes, like there's a, there's a world where you fully lean into how much he should be unraveling. Like he should feel sick to his stomach. Like there should be moments of like, he's doing his thing, but then he just throws up because he's so, shaken yeah. by what happened you know what i mean like that's missing i think that's fair to say um but i don't think it just goes away i think the idea that it like like he's over it in an issue actually i think is overstating it because when you keep reading it does keep happening yeah i i mean it, you know it's still overshadowing him like logistically <laughs> for sure right like the the real life ramifications but i just think like emotionally it, it's pretty uh bare here it also you know, his dad reveals to him, you're half alien, you will live for, well, hundreds, thousands of years or something, and, you know, you will not have a normal life. That is also not something we see him really, like, grapple with. Um, so that's the other angle that I'm... I don't think there's anywhere for him to grapple with it, I guess, is the thing. Yeah, maybe, you know, yeah, who, that I who is the person more. to grapple with it? Eve, but yeah. that's not there yet? Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. like, there's there's really nowhere for him to... Yeah, but then he goes and he's out. like, let's do an Atlantis episode where, you know, I have to go set up some dweeb with the the fish queen well and i think (laughs) but the idea of like this horrible thing happened and now i'm just kind of fully going to get consumed by my job essentially that that is an approach as well um that is not that unrealistic i think him just kind of fully then being subsumed by like well i am the the superman superhero of this world now i am just going to get totally caught up in that yeah Uh, i don't think the comic like you don't have someone being like mark like this you know just happened to you You have to take some time for yourself and he's like i can't atlantis needs me right like yeah you don't get that kind of like running from the darkness you know avoiding thinking about it because he's too busy like i I don't think the comic even you know faints at that at all so um yeah i just like the setup of this i think is pretty interesting i think like i think that this is the first big aspect of invincible that Omni-Man is evil. And, you know, it's like, it, the thing is, him being evil Superman is like, it's, it's okay. It, it doesn't grab me that much. But him being evil Superman, who's a, the dad of the main character, that's really interesting. So, like, I'm really yeah. hoping he leans more into that. Like, that relationship stuff. And he can show that he can do that because that conversation between the two of them, I think, is really strong, right? I think, like, you feel the hurt there. Um, yeah. yeah, it's definitely the most memorable the issue of the bunch. I mean, I think because yeah. Yeah. so much is put into that actual conversation and issue i do think that's part of why it kind of just moves on from there too you know because again it's yeah. like that is yeah. that is the confrontation um everything that comes from there is is fallout you know like i said it's just, it's a real hard before and after um i think there's a lot that 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 is there that you talked about zach that mark is 
going to grapple with the fact that this is his dad the fact that he's half alien um this being a slow burn comic it's stuff that kirkman will get to the fact that it doesn't happen here is kind of you know like i now looking at it i'm kind of like you give it i give it a lot of patience i give it a lot of wiggle room because you know it goes for 144 issues Mm -hmm. i think it's a it's a fair thing to consider that like no idea it could happen sooner i i think i just learned that (laughs) because even knowing it ran for a while i thought it went for like 80 issues 140 is a really long time well and it's it's that's that is actually hard for me to to kind of reconcile because it's the thing that comes up a lot as i talk about comics that are like newer you know Mm -hmm. where you get a lot of fan there's this thing that's been bothering me called the fandom i'm calling it the fandom of eternal patience and it like a lot of times like in marvel or dc oh god i know exactly what you're about to say Well, I talk about it a lot, probably, but it's like, you know, super, a lot of superhero fans will just be like, oh, let him cook. It's only been, you know, three yeah. issues. Like, let him cook. Look, you know, three they'll... Jokers. Oh, you're going to damn three Jokers after only two issues? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and it's like, it's this sense of. You haven't of... even seen how it wraps up yet. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. one issue per Joker, at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's exactly what I'm talking about, where it's this sense yeah. of like, you have to, because it's, it comes from a good impulse. It comes from a good impulse of let creators tell their stories and then evaluate the story as it was meant to be told. But I think it has gone a little too far (laughs) in that direction where it's like, no, you can form opinions and you can evaluate things as they're building and, and decide that they are or are not working for you based on, and I'm not saying it like, like, listen, if you read one issue of a comic and you're like, this comic sucks, that's probably too fast, you know? Um, but you can still evaluate that unit and and kind of a direction. So the fandom of eternal patience is something that that I resist a lot these days. I think with Invincible, the irony is you kind of do have to be a part of that. Um, you kind of have to want to be along for the ride and to have faith that it's going to go somewhere. Which mm-hmm. is, I can tell I can tell readers that it that it does because it's concluded. We have the 20-year benefit of hindsight, right? Um, and that's not a thing that you can have if you're buying the comic in the moment, right? But I think for our purposes, it's like, you know, everything you're saying is like, well, yeah, these are all things that are going to come up. Um, but it is a weird thing to be like, oh, yeah, just wait for issue 56. And it's like, no, I have to read 50 issues to get there. Um, yeah. That's an insane thing to expect. <laughs> it's, it's an extremely anime fan thing to say. Like, yeah. Yeah, this anime is not that good. And you're like, you just have to get through the first 85 episodes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it gets really, really good once they get to, you know, the sixth arc <laughs> of it. And yeah. I, I do think with Invincible, it's a it's a tricky line. And it's one I'm going to be walking. I actually was pleasantly surprised. Because my fear was I'd read these 19 issues and I would think, oh, man, <laughs> this has, like, no juice. Um, it's very, it's way too simple. And all the stuff that I remember liking is kind of out the window. I did not have that experience. I was actually, I was enjoying, I was enjoying being in this world. I think, uh, I like these characters. I like Adam Eve. I like that there's a Teen Titans right off the bat. Um, I do like Mark, actually, I think as Teen Superman. Um, I think he's a compelling character. Watching these things get built up and kind of the, again, like just the pacing of, of throwing these ideas in and just building a superhero universe and, and trying to see how Kirkman and Walker and Otley are going to continue this for dozens and dozens of issues is kind of refreshing. Um, so I did not have the, the super negative that said, I don't, then the first 19 issues are not 
the strongest. And there is the only argument to be made for this being a great comic is what I'm talking about with the Phantom of Eternal Patience, where you have to believe it's gonna it's gonna pay off on some of what it's setting up. I think. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's. I mean, it's not fair to you know say like, well, these are better than they are because of that. But like, fair enough that that's your perspective that you know. Well, they you but they it. are they are if it's chapters one through four of seventy. You know what I mean? Like that. Do, when you have a full unit and what is a complete story. Um, that does begin and end like you know if you read the first four chapters of Lolita you know and you're like Lolita sucks it's like well you didn't you read 18 percent of it like that's not a that's not the whole package um sure. so I yeah I, it, it's a little different I, listen that... am I saying Invincible is comparable to Lolita in terms of the teen sex where did Lolita I come from I, mean, I am yeah where... no I think similarly controversial <laughs> um an invincible should, should. I love that book. It's a great book, but uh, just a, a strange pull. <laughs> it's because I've been I've been researching library book bands and uh, uh, yeah, and how sure. much I hate them and yeah. and they impact yeah. comics a lot. But of course, Lolita is at the forefront of uh, of book band yeah, conversations. So that, I think that's why it's on my mind. It is also one of my favorite you know, reads I read in college, kind yeah. of thing. Um, great book. And I think you know, literarily, I think Kirkman and Nabokov are very similar. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I, I think oh we didn't talk about mom. Mom uh stinks. Mom. She's just you know Well well hang on. Are we talking about are we talking about our own moms? Are we talking about the mom in the comic? But talking about just about moms in general. Should we do a quick mo- review of moms the... broadly? No, moms stink. They never let you do what you want. Uh, <laughs> they're always they sending you to your room. Ugh moms. They're always making you eat vegetables you don't want to eat when all you want to eat is pizza, mom. Um, Thanks a lot, Mom. Anyway, no, the yeah, Mark's mom is totally like I kind of expected. I was expecting more based on how this initially plays out. Like, I don't know. It, it, there's just extremely little to her besides just being like uh, falling into alcoholism and being defensive to Mark about it. Um, which I is not, not the, like uh... crazy that she would like get in a total depressive state. I just like I wish we got a little more. From her. Well, we I mean, conversation you, the, that the is a little have your cake and eat it too, though, Zach. I mean, I think in terms of you're you're upset that Mark doesn't have a reaction, but the mom falls apart, and that's a problem. No, no, I'm I not mean, saying I'm is... upset that she falls apart. I think it's totally reasonable. I just think like he just kind of presses the same button over and over again with her. Yeah, well, I don't like she's Mark's not a character beforehand. Yes, like, yeah, she's just yeah. part of the furniture of the house, kind of. I just uh, like his his mom is the person he can talk to about this stuff. Yeah. You know, I guess you could say that he doesn't want to because he's trying to protect her from the thought of it. But, like, we get, like, one scene where the two, she's drunk and she, she like, blames him for driving away Nolan. Um, I think that's pretty good. It's messy. It's complicated, right? She apologizes for it later. But, like, that's something, at least. I just, you know. No, I'm not upset, like, necessarily about the character choices. I just think, like, the character doesn't have much going on and kind of deserves it (laughs) and also like just the women in general in this comic are totally underserved adam eve is also a nothing of a character i think at this point oh i don't think that's Uh, fair about adam eve i think it's i I think she's i think she's pretty cool right away i like adam eve uh i i get very little from her besides upset that she got cheated on and then crushing on mark you walk in in a room and your your significant other is with multiple versions <laughs> yeah. i'm just saying the like she, they're cheating with come on she has no character besides in relationship to romantic relationships uh that is 
the entirety of her. Like, I don't think that's true. I think she's kind of a mentor uh, who may, has maybe done those the superhero first, thing like, and is setting up Mark. She has maybe those. She's first in two control and is then. more powerful. I think pretty quickly um, as somebody who is kind of guarding Mark through the ropes or guiding right, right at the beginning and then nothing else for her. I yeah, because like, the surrounding right, cast kind of disappears after a while. I mean, like, her thing is that she's out. dating William and she just gets relegated to being like his girlfriend who she doesn't even really like him in the background and then pining after mark from a distance like that's yeah. all we really see from her. i believe you like she gets a whole series right after her in a bit so like i believe you more happens with her but i i didn't see any of it here i don't really know who she is besides the first other superhero which is interesting like that is fun to have him have another superhero at school um yeah i don't know there's a adam eve video game apparently huh. i think like a lot of the a lot out. of the complaints yeah. here about like individual characters being underexplored is kind of missing like there listen that's a that's a style of narrative i think when you're doing ultimate spider-man for example and you have a pretty select cast of characters you can really lean into what these characters are thinking and feeling and we can get to know ultimate mary jane probably with a depth that is not available to the characters of invincible where they are building an actual full-on superhero universe um and i mean at the and at the end of the day the story is mark and his dads i mean it's about this family first and foremost everyone else is a supporting character that will come into their own or not i think as things progress um but that's a lot of brand new characters to introduce so many into comics, a thing and so a lot of new ideas this, like i think you're no name them Name them. Fables. Uh, Fables has the shorthand. Of sure, a lot of characters. Tons of characters. And by the end of like issue six, I just reread the first arc. By the end of issue six, you kind of know who the characters of Snow White, Big B, the Mayor, Boy Blue, uh, what's his face, uh, Prince Charming, and Blue. Did I say Bluebeard? But I think. No. But I think yeah, kind like of you know, know those people. But Rose kind Red. Of know I, you know is, them better. What I think you get you out know. of Invincible. I think I know all of those better after the first six issues than I know anyone in Invincible after 19. I, and I feel I... like even going back to the Ultimate Spider-Man comparison, I feel like I know Ultimate MJ, Ultimate Gwen, Ultimate May like very quickly better than I do Eve or the other the other like or even really Mark. Like Mark, Mark, I'm even starting Mark, to get yeah. the, the outline of a little bit, but like his character is kind of just like I'm excited to be here. <laughs> yeah uh, which is yeah. fine like it, it doesn't grate on me like totally with mark but like i i'm waiting for mark to get a complication <laughs> you know that is not an external complication i'm waiting for him to be messy in a way um i just haven't really gotten that yet yeah i mean i think definitely like character depth is is a struggle i think in these early issues i don't disagree with that i mean i think if we're talking i mean fables is an interesting comparison point you know, because I think, mm -hmm. yeah, okay, those are... But even that has the Ultimate Spider-Man benefit of a little built-in knowledge. Sure, yeah. Right? Whereas Invincible yeah. is, yeah, like, yeah. brand new stuff, which is harder. Um, yeah. And, you know, you're trying to trying to build everything all at once, and it's a lot. But, uh, yeah, I do think the character depth of, of Mark, of Anatomy Eve, that's the thing that takes time. Is it a strength of this comic? I think that'll be determined as we keep going. Uh, definitely in these first 19 issues, I'd say it's probably Just not. have infinite patience and you'll see <laughs> well I, no it is it's a it's a tricky one it is a tricky one i know it's I, like that's I know the thing saying. i would i would fully allow with a lot of new stuff but then when it's when we know there's a set end date it is kind of like 
Because if, if the argument is purely like, oh, well, once you get 100 issues in, it's great, then I, that's a pretty bad argument. So I, I don't yeah. want to be falling back on that foot too much. I mean, both Charlotte and I did drop this comic, um, <laughs> you know, in our reads. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that was also like a while ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just yeah. kind of lost interest. I read it and was like, well, I think I got what I needed yeah. from this. I, I Like, it clearly didn't grab me. And at the end of this, I'm not, I'm not dreading coming back to this by any means, but also I'm not like... I got to the end of 19 and I wasn't like, oh man, well, where's it go now? Like, I'm, I'm still pretty apathetic about like, I think you have, a, I actually years. think you have a lot of things at the end of 19, or at least a handful that I'm, I'm actually pretty excited about. So the angstrom multiverse stuff, I'm pretty quickly into. I, there's not uh, enough there the, that uh, I'm like, what's well, it's, going it's on? It's all set up at this point. So it's, yeah. well, but that, that's the, well, if you're not asking what's going on, I don't know. That's just like a weird lack of curiosity. Well, like, to me, I'm pretty curious. <laughs> I mean, what we have right now is a man is gathering other versions of himself to one dimension oh right yeah and that's it like i there's no I, hint personally i've never experienced that so i'm like that's i know but, it, but i've read sci- i've read comics before like this that in and of itself is not a like okay oh but God, invincible is a comic of i've read comics before like that is a that is a thing you either I don't, you have to choose to get over that that's on I don't, that's on I don't, you as the that, reader to be like i'm good. familiar with some of this what else can it do and if it doesn't do anything new with the idea then i think that's that's a fair critique but just alone being like this is referencing other comics yeah that's the whole point like is going to change you that that's that's its whole deal what but is it is the point to reference other comic or is it just like part of what it's i don't think it's the point necessarily like it's trying to tell a new story like using that as a basis of knowledge right yeah like you get that how superman works i'm gonna build something new on top of that like and so far, with specifically the multiverse, like, Council of Reeds of that guy, I'm like, okay, I'm seeing the basis. I've seen that before. What, What's the next part? What are you... It's the, what it's are the you foundation for everything. Well, sure, I, yeah. I'm not agree. even saying, like, plot-wise, I needed, like, a better plot hook on that, although that would be nice. Like, I'm just saying, like, flavor-wise, aesthetically, uh, you know, like, the writing doesn't have me hooked. The character doesn't have me intrigued, right? Like, Angstrom is a blank slate right now. He's just a guy. So like there's there's just very little here that I'm like what's going on here because it's like I don't know what his personality is I don't know any hint of what he's after you know so like this isn't this isn't a strong critique I mean you're kind no, of yeah. I mean I'm saying curious. that it should grab me and it doesn't but like I'm you know I'll see where it goes but right now I'm not like drooling I just think it's I just think it's pure on. mystery it's it's the setup of Jack Kirby drawing a page of Regellians in 60s Thor and being like who are they what's their deal um, and admittedly like that's the creators have to sell you that you should care um yeah and you know that's that is a challenge i i do and i read this and i'm like oh i actually want to see where that goes um and then you and then the just the lingering cloud of omni man too and just being like okay he's they're gonna meet up with him again what's that gonna look like how's that gonna play out i I think that's inherently interesting i'm curious how that structure of like having here and there a few storylines that like are basically not tied to Mark at all. And like, you expect it's going to be like 10, 20 issues before they pay off. Like, I'm yeah. curious to see how that keeps working. Because that, they, he, like Kirkman and, and Artif need to to pay that off like more often, I think. Because I do think that might get tedious after a while. Like, I sure. for on the like console of reads, like uh, console of Angstrom stuff, I, yeah, I need, I need <laughs> to see that getting paid off soon. Because I think if we get, is, yeah. If we get to so next next episode, we're going to cover issues twenty to thirty five, and uh, a yeah. couple tie in type things. And if we get to the end of that, 
and I'm still looking at both of you <laughs> like, like, uh, oh yeah, these, these things are going to pay off. Just wait. I, I yeah. have a problem and I admit I'll fully, fully own that. Um, so I am hopeful. I am hopeful that some things happen within these issues. It does, it does feel, to be fair, like it feels like the first 12 issues were built up to the Omni-Man thing yeah. uh-huh. rather than like building the world necessarily. It kind of felt like it was just like hanging out with Mark learning what his deal is and seeing him be like a teen superhero and then the Omni-Man rug pull and then issues 13 through 19 were about starting to say like okay what's the wider world look like right like what's this bigger superhero world look like how do pieces move around I haven't found that much to grab me in that but like it does feel like now we're starting to move into you know I feel very little like actual big world building in this first handful of issues outside of like the the bare bones it doesn't feel like this is going to become a marvel universe with a lot of movers and shakers at the beginning it feels it's like the mark story and then yeah yeah uh, you start getting hints that it's going to be you know he's going to actually try to establish a bigger world with so i I think one of the stuff totally i think one of the tricks is i think the family story is good i think the first 13 issues which is the omni-man family story is is really well executed um and ends on a you know, an interesting inversion of what you think the story is going to be, at least at the outset. Um, certainly it's got a lot of people's attention, right? From there, it becomes Peter Parker joins S.H.I.E.L.D., and it becomes a very post-9-11, now Mark works for the Pentagon book in the superhero world. And I think these are definitely, there's definitely a volume, maybe two, where it's trying to find its footing in that vein. And being like, okay, what is what does that story look like? And I'm curious when we get to Convincible Two, how successfully it has done that by, you know, we're gonna read again twenty to thirty five. It's volumes five through seven if you're reading the the paperbacks, mm-hmm. um, because that that to me is like that's the ultimate test here of can this exist outside of the Omni Man story? Because just I I just know it's gonna take its time getting back to the Omni Man story. So if it can't, then it's like okay, but. You know, there's things I like maybe, but then it's like, but how many, you know, how many dozens of issues are not that? <laughs> and then, yeah. and then that's a challenge. Um, I'm, I'm confident. I'm very confident. I think it's going to, I think it's going to come back. I think it's really going to continue to grow, find its footing. And right, well, uh, there's my, a lot my... of seeds, a lot of seeds. We need some payoff. All right, Dave, what do you think based on this episode, based on our full conversation, almost two hours, we're really going at it. Uh, oh, actually two hours. Um, what do you think my take will be moving forward? You think I'm going to get changed? Okay, so, mind? so for hear. Convincible Two, yeah, our approach is we're going to read twenty to thirty-five, and we are going to watch the first series of Invincible. We'll see where we're at as far as the second one being released. I think it's going to release kind of as That's we're doing so Convincible. Much TV. Um, so well, and we and we have to talk about that as far as like the impact of the TV show and all that. Um, I think you are. I I think. Well, I don't know. I, I don't totally know what to think, honestly, because I haven't read these issues in a while. So I don't, I'll be honest, I don't totally know what we're going to get at this stage. Okay. Um, I, I'm, if I'm remembering semi-correctly, I think I'm going to be able to come in and say, I told you so. And Okay. Bold, and Bold claim. I'm going to yeah. tell you where I'm putting Invincible right now. <laughs> yep <laughs> i don't have a top 500 comic so i can't put it i actually was skimming your list to see like where well, would I you, put it? you oh. do you just call it a bottom 500 you're very negative <laughs> about comics i do not i love comics go listen to extra issues i praise every comic we talk about. <laughs> uh 
Um, the uh, but I was looking at your list to be like, where would I stick it on Dave's list? But then I'm finding like some of my absolute top ten comics in the like three seventies for you, sure. and it's making sure, me sure. furious. So <laughs> you have Wonder Woman by George Perez. You have Berserk at three sixty six. Berserk, hey hey hey, do not call out Berserk because I've completed the Griffin saga recently, and that's going in the top hundred. So do not okay, all right. so do not use Berserk pre- as an example. Pre- that is read. that is moving. Okay, yes. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, I have a hard time scaling here, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna give it a a, a number grade out of ten, right? But now. here's but here's the thing: is we can like. I yeah, was we'll see, we can see how it fluctuates over time, you know. I'm start oh no, 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 that's base. fine. I want to hear your number. I'm just saying, based on the first 19 issues, never in a million years would I say this is a top 25 comic. Okay, fair enough. That's totally fair because my expectation is that people, my I think my perception of it was that like it's the Omni Man thing that grabs people by the lapels and makes them love this comic. So it'll be interesting to see like, no, that's not really the thing that maybe is that's the, important like, to call out is like that's. That is so the, early, the kickoff, but, but that is not the yeah. thing that I fell in love with Invincible about. Because I really don't know what this comic turns into if that's not like... Yeah. Also, I kind of thought this went for, you know, like I said, not that many issues. So I kind of thought it was him dealing with the Omniman thing. I'm going to give it a, a 6.7. 6.7. That's weirdly that's high. Fine. Yeah. No, it's, like, it's fine. It reads okay. Like, I had an okay... It's right on the borderline of, like, I would want to read this <laughs> on my own. Maybe. You if, know, kind like of if like Pitchfork a, gives an album a 6.7 out of 10 and it's an artist yeah. that I've heard of before, I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, I'll definitely listen to that and I'll I'll probably enjoy a number of songs, but it probably won't be like my favorite album. But it, but it might be. That's close enough that it might be. I mean, a 6.7 is, uh, I don't know. What else do I put at that level? What would you like? What would you rate the faces, though, like a 0.7? Some of the faces are good. When someone gets punched and Otley draws their face all wonky. That's what's like your a, favorite? Eight what's your favorite movie? Is it Face Off? Like you just love faces so much, like Mission Impossible love... Two, where they do all the masks. Maybe that's really good. I mean, yeah. faces faces are a good part of movies. You know, making faces look good. I just watched Persona. Ingrid Bergman somehow shot faces in a way I've never seen them before. Rod Stewart really? with the faces, definitely yeah, better than solo go. Rod Stewart. That's fair. I'll give you that. Charlotte, um, other any, other any comments face thoughts? Give us six point seven. <laughs> I uh, I'd say I'm looking at our Marvel list: mm-hmm. West Coast Avengers, Secret Wars. Thunderbolts. Those are all about the same level. Kind of like West Coast Ava- like John Byrne West Coast Avengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's offensive. Huh. Yeah, kinda. Yeah, it's not my favorite burn. It's okay. It's kind of yeah, fun. Buddy. Um, yeah, well, you just you said Secret Wars, which is a ten point oh. So if if <laughs> the Invincible and Secret Wars are on the same level, that's great for me. That's two tens. I'd. I'm trying to rank it as well, like giving a ten. Uh, not a ten out of ten, but giving no sure, ten well, of ten. As you're ranking Charlotte too, I guess are you a little more curious or interested to proceed than Zach is. I'm curious a lot by the fact that you're saying this, like kind of similar to Zach, like that this isn't like the best of Invincible. Like my expectation was like, this is what everyone knows. And like, maybe it keeps being good, but it doesn't stay as good. Like I'm excited to know that there is some big, exciting stuff coming like after. Um, Yeah. If this was the peak, I would be in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, that that's really interesting to hear yeah. for me. <laughs> so yeah, because I like I have no idea what the rest of the series, like I know like maybe one or two story points, but that's it. Um, and like I know the stuff that's been adapted into the into the show that we haven't seen yet, but like other than that, like I have no idea what happens in like ten volumes of this, right? 
Um, yeah. So I am like, I am excited for it. And I am like, I'm excited in by, just by how light and breezy it, it is. Like, it, I know it's not going to feel like homework, uh, even if I don't Oh, like, yeah. I sat down it. and read all 19 in two hours. Just yeah. wait so, until next episode's homework so assignment. I'll, t- yeah. I'll show you what it feels <laughs> I like. I mean, the homework. TV is dreading. I'm dreading watching the TV just because I don't watch that much TV and it's like I four do, hours of TV. I do Jack, I'm going to have a hard like, time watching that too. So we're. we're Why are you watching it? You've already seen it. <laughs> No, I haven't seen but, it. I haven't watched it. Oh, you haven't yeah, watched I have it. Seen it. Oh, okay. All right. I would say, having, like, from what I remember from the show, I do think it addresses specifically, like, a few of the concerns, like, of the criticisms you had about those issues, Zach. Like, yeah. it does okay. fix some of it, I do think, in the hmm. in the show. I'll watch it with Rose, you know, and that way I, I can also just yell yeah. in my off hours when I'm off mic. I can also still be yelling. About now, if you bring in, if you bring in Rose, your wife, uh, who, all, who had then has critiques of the tv series as well and then yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna be real outnumbered and i do not like conflict so this is gonna be tough <laughs> yep. all right yeah we gotta stop this is yeah a lot of invincible talk um we're gonna be doing this once a month i think we're gonna try to put it out roughly monthly um and then for the next issues like dave said it's invincible zero and then 20 <laughs> through 35 you do um, not need to read Invincible Zero. Yeah, I also, just like looked at it. I just want to be clear. Like you can skip okay. that one easy. It's. I mean, if you're reading the volumes, it's packed into there anyway. So, yeah, but like, um, you'll be happier if you don't read it. Okay. <laughs> it's a. It's volume five, six, and seven for the trade paperbacks. But also, um, we're gonna be putting all the uh, like our, on the spreadsheet that you can get on Patreon.com slash My Marvelous Year for a dollar a month. Uh, the entire reading list for all eight episodes of this is up there so um but we're going back to my marvelous year next week i think we're starting next week with 2005 part one um bunch yeah. of dan slot stuff in the end of the wade Ringo fantastic four um dave it was just dave and i in that one right Charlotte, you weren't there i don't think so yeah yeah a lot of dan slot um but yeah 2005 is kicking off for my marvelous year extra issues has some really exciting stuff we're wrapping up our fantagraphics um series over on patreon do with the six months early access to that show but um and then charlotte and i just figured out what we're doing next dave do you know this yet did we tell you what we're doing after i don't think you've mentioned it no I, yeah. i'm curious uh, we picked two series back to back uh we're gonna do we're gonna start out by doing berserk so um charlotte i'm Prick- familiar yeah, I know. It's we're actually you've already read past what we're gonna do. We're only gonna cover up through the end of the Golden Age arc, uh, volume fourteen. Uh, well, no, that's so. that's where I read. That's where I'm at. Oh, okay, yeah. You said the Griffin arc or something. So I I, I didn't like know what to call it. I mean, oh, that's... okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That first arc, um, yeah, or the second arc, I guess. Anyway, so we're gonna be covering that. Uh, All right. First, over two episodes, we're gonna split that, which is exciting, and then we're gonna do Jeff Smith. We're covering Bone, and then we're covering Rassel. His uh his second follow up to Bone. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so two two <laughs> short series. Weird combo. I, it combo. just kind of like it we have a, a ton combo. of small picks, and we yeah. instead of doing a pick for two episodes and then coming back to the drawing board, we just decided to pick two small picks. So okay. Um, but Charlotte's well, Berserk, never read Berserk. She's Berserk read has bone. a lot of bone in it, so I guess uh, yeah. Bone <laughs> we, we I think we made a similar. 
Yeah, Charlotte, I made a similar joke. You've uh, never you read, read Berserk, Charlotte? I've never read either Berserk nor, nor Bone. I know, like, I didn't, I thought Bone was the little guy. I thought, okay, so I thought the characters in Bone were ghosts. <laughs> yeah, and I thought <laughs> the little guy was the main character, and apparently he's not the main character. Yeah, so yeah, I don't yeah. Know anything she was like, Bone. the main character is that ghost. And I was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? I mean, his name is Bone. I thought he, it was like a Halloween thing. He was dead. Amazing. I don't know. His name's yeah. Phony Bone, to be clear. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Mario, um, Mario. Dave, have you. Have you? I know you've read Bone. You've read Berserk. Have you read Rassel? Uh, yeah, I've read. I've read everything there. Jeff Smith's ever done because I interviewed him last. Does year he have other stuff? I I kind of had our time fighting. Well, I mean, Tuki, besides like Tuki is his ongoing work. Um, okay. And then you got uh, Shazam and the Monster Society of of Evil. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Are we gonna licensed work? You think we're missing anything if we don't do? If we just do Bone and Rassel? I mean, we're not gonna do DC stuff. Sure. Uh, those are the those are my two favorites of his. Um, those seem like his two, like and that's a lot. Works. That's a lot, a lot, a lot. Uh, for Bone, I mean, there's a lot of like supplemental stuff you could do as well. So, um, that, really? I, I would say that's I, didn't know that. I thought it was it, just like one book. Uh, no, there's like you should check out because there's like some um Scholastic like when they reprinted stuff. Uh, there's like oh, supplemental chapters and additional no work. It's it's fun if you're a fan of the original. Shows. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's. Yeah, there's there's some spin-offs and stuff too. There's a thing with Charles Vess. Um there's there's more to the Bone universe than I realized. Yeah, me fun. too. I, I yeah. only read just Bone. I mean you should if you're reading for the first time, you should just read original yeah, Bone. But yeah. if you want okay. more. I'll look into it. Charlotte uh, anyway, Berserk has become my second favorite manga of all time. Cool. So, nice. I'm looking forward yeah, to it. I mean, I'm really excited for Berserk. Like I'm yeah. I'm so excited to do some manga. Uh, for, yeah. for we just covered a little bit, but it would yeah. be nice to because we did Dementia Twenty One uh, this week for the next yeah. episode. But yeah, yeah, Berserk. What's your first favorite? Pluto. Uh, Pluto. Yeah, Pluto. Yeah, cool. I haven't read that yet. He, I, I haven't read any. Was it Urus? Urusawa. Yeah. yeah. I haven't read any Urusawa, and I've been having the itch recently to read it. And then I've been like, ah, we, we'll probably just do an entire Urusawa series at some point. <laughs> So, you should, sure, and I will. Yeah. I will play along with every with every episode for sure. I've never read any of it. So. Yeah. Oh no, I've read a little monster back when. Anyway, uh, we're yeah. You talked to me like you had. Yeah. I don't know if you're faking it. Yeah. I don't think uh, this episode's long bit. enough. What else should we talk about? <laughs> um, <laughs> wrestling. Oh man, I've been. All right, let me tell you about. Can I tell you about one wrestling match I watched recently? <laughs> Please. Oh In your house. Uh-huh. Five. Everyone's leaving. Everyone's closing the town. No, Everyone's... I. People like the wrestling. I've been getting good feedback. They don't like it after two like hours of episode. Wrestling. Jack. December nineteen ninety five. In your house. Five. W. C. W. Undertaker versus King Mabel. Ooh. King Mabel stole Undertaker's power urn of power months ago, <laughs> and then melted it down to make himself a bunch of gold chains out of it. His oh, urn of power. Man. So Undertaker's been working it less lower power than normal yeah but at in your house they had a casket match which the best part of the casket match was that they kept saying casket match like a proper noun like everyone knows what it is they're like in tonight's casket match and like the rules of a casket match clearly say that they have to close the lid before what anyway you shove someone into a casket and then you close the lid and that's how you win (laughs) (laughs) um it's a big plywood box that they painted black undertaker eventually wins he rolls king mabel into the box Two refs are just holding the plywood lid open. Undertaker tries to lower the lid. He's struggling. He's shaking. He can't do it. He gets into the casket with the unconscious King Mabel, pulls the gold chains, his old urn of power, off of King Mabel. With that extra power returned to him, he slams the lid shut and wins. 
And then he just stands in the ring for like three minutes basking in his newfound power. Mm-hmm. Well, Vince McMahon says like, with his power returned, who will stop the Undertaker? Like, he's got his full powers now. It's incredible stuff to just play it so straight. <laughs> that like he's holding these chains and they somehow power him up. And sometimes it, people are confused about the connection between superhero comics and wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And then you yeah. describe this, and it's like, oh yeah. Now was King Megabull wearing a crown and a purple yes. robe with lightning bolts on it this entire time? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. This is just a superhero fight. <laughs> uh, King Mabel's a really big guy. He's like four hundred and thirty pounds, but WCW just consistently. Oh, wait, no, it's WWE at this point. Anyway, consistently lies and says, like, the 600-plus pound King Mabel. <laughs> they, just, <laughs> they consistently do this. They tack on, like, four inches to everyone's height. And, like, yeah. often, for the big guys, they like to tack on, like, a full hundred extra pounds to be like, that's 600 pounds of pure muscle landing on Undertaker's face. <laughs> so, anyway, wrestling's really cool. Charlotte, you have to come visit, and then we're just going to you know, make you watch a lot of wrestling. Some wrestling. Yeah. I've been sending Charlotte like TikToks of wrestling and she's <laughs> getting irritated because it's messing with her algorithm. It's funny. <laughs> I like it. It's just, you know. All right. We got to end right. this. That was we my wrestling, wrestling corner. Thank you. <laughs> any other, any other tangents? Oh, I have oh, so you know many, what? but I'm going to. You know what? Charlotte. You know what's better Charlotte, than Invincible? You? you know what's what? better than Invincible? Read Mr. Invincible by Pascal Jusselin. Cute French comic about a French superhero who like plays with like the the formats of the page and of the the comic to like his power is to jump from case to case uh, from panel to panel and it's it's a really fun cute superhero comic. Friends you know what's better so than invincible mr invincible you know what's better than mr invincible hang on charlotte made an actual good recommendation that i need to add to my list here. oh yeah no that's a cool it's <laughs> a cool comic she's talked about it before uh the 2006 yeah. um football movie featuring <laughs> just, i thought you were gonna joke about this yeah yeah <laughs> Perfect. Uh, I, listen, if you don't think Convincible yeah. Episode Seven is uh, is our homework is watching Invincible starring Mark Wahlberg, <laughs> then I got you got another thing coming, baby. Werner Herzog also directed a movie called Invincible with Tim Roth uh, in like 2000 or something. Bruce Willis is an Unbreakable. That's close. Hmm. Oh yeah, Unbreakable. Let's watch Unbreakable for the next episode, Dave. <laughs> you see? Have you seen that movie, Dave? I have seen Unbreakable. Okay, it's, it's a superhero movie. So. Um, okay, we need to be done. <laughs> okay, yeah, we need. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do we want to list out the other M Night Shyamalan's we've seen? Thanks everybody oh, for listening. This has been. That's not true. A uh, split. He's got like yeah, a whole okay. universe. Thanks everybody for listening. This is convincible number one. Convincible number two will be tighter. Will be more focused. Will be will be everything <laughs> that Invincible is going to be in Probably its next be issues. Better and better and shorter and shorter. Thanks for listening. We will. Oh, I don't have an ending for this one. Um, we will convince you next you, year. We'll convince you next year. <laughs> convince you next year. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I guess. <laughs>